Hey everybody, welcome to another perfect Saturday morning where I have guests come on and basically if you had your own network, what cartoons would you program on your Saturday morning? You can pick any genre, primetime, daytime, syndicated, anything animation is qualifiers for this list. And this episode I have my old friend Josh Getz who honestly I, I think this is the first time we've ever talked talk instead of Facebook talked in decades. Yeah, since high school at least. Yeah, I just I've never made it back to Indiana, so I don't know if I'm ever gonna come back. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. So um, basically, so did you do this like as if you had actually programmed it, or do you want to do like just like your one through ten? Well, um, here's I put a lot of thought since you threw this topic to me, you know, and kind of how I would go about setting up. Um, had some different ideas. Um, let me let me run this by you and see what you think. Like, here's maybe how I would set it up, and you know, at any point we can get into more details if if you want. Okay. But um, so I, the idea I had in my head, like a, a typical either you know Saturday or any day night kind of thing. I think um. You know, I, I definitely thought morning daytime would probably be dedicated to like either retro shows, um, kid more kid friendly stuff. So like thinking back, um, you know, I thought of, thought about the shows I watched a lot growing up, and like some of the first ones that come to mind are Ducktales, definitely Darkwing Duck, yeah. And now I have a three year old, and they just kind of revamped DuckTales, and it's actually pretty decent. So, like, you know, it's kind of got me all swept up in that nostalgia, and just watching it with your kid, it's, it's, so that's definitely, DuckTales would have to be up there on the list, you know, and yeah. shows like that. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the the 80s and early 90s era is championed by so many generations, and, and you keep seeing them come back. Like, you'll see a new version, like, every 10 years. And there's something kind of magical about the era. I don't know any cartoon post, like, 1994 that will ever come back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely... And I was thinking about that a lot, too. There's a, a kind of a span there... And I thought for a while, I thought even it ran to today, there was like nothing great like we had, you know. Um, and then they started, it's like they comes along a bunch of these redone shows, like uh, Muppet Babies is another one. Like I said, I have a three-year-old and they just started a new Muppet Babies series. And I'm like, wow, I used to watch that when I was a kid. I didn't even yeah, know that existed. Showing. Yeah, I saw this week that yeah, they they yeah, greenlit uh, they greenlit um, Thundercats and She-Ra. She-Ra looks great. Thundercats looks like a giant pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that that post too, uh, and I wasn't real sure if it was a joke or that's seriously what they're going for. Um, if if that's what it's really going to be, I think they ruined it, but. Yeah, the um, the one question yeah. I love to ask 
uh, people is when they were a kid, uh, first off, the first question is, were you an early riser? Were you like, yeah, I know I got up every day for school at this time. I'm going to stay with it. And I'm going to watch every single cartoon from the minute they start at like 6 a.m. until noon when they end with sports. Or were you kind of the kid that just slept in? Well, I don't recall much like through the week really having time to get into shows before school. I mean, I'm sure in the summer. Like Saturday mornings, or like I vividly remember, you know, waking up early, early Saturday, you know, sometimes like six, maybe earlier in the morning, and sometimes even before the start, to, cartoons would start being played. I'd be like waiting for them to start the Saturday morning lineup. <laughs> so, like, I definitely got up early on Saturdays. Yeah, parents must have thought we were so weird. Like, this is the one day you get. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I would I would watch the run until noon, and it started, you know, baseball and whatever. And yeah, okay. You know, That's you and I, and I think you're the here. only other person that I've done this show with that remembers um, Froggy's Pad and Happy's Place. I think every major oh, city yeah. had those, but those are the two that we had. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I was on it once. Yeah. Yeah, I was too, uh, but I was on it really late. Like, I think I was in fifth grade, and I was clearly like, oh, everybody's way younger than me. This is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm such a fucking nerd. How yeah. I got I got on because I won tickets, because I had won a reading contest. I had read the most books. How did you end up on there? Oh, um, I believe I was invited along on a, another friend who I, I can't even remember what friend it was but i think a friend was having a birthday and that was what they did for his birthday and i got invited to the party and invited along on that were you shocked at how small the studio was yeah um kind of but at the i mean i think at the same time i was still like just starstruck because like at the time that was the biggest celebrity you know you ever met in your life you're like oh on TV, he's famous. You know, and I, I think I was still young enough I didn't put it together that it was just local. Yeah. You know, like, to me, if you're on TV, you're, like, super mega famous, you know. Well, yeah, I don't think a lot of kids knew. Well, I mean, Bozo the Clown was syndicated nationwide. We didn't know that uh, Happy the Hobo was only Fort Wayne and, like, Huntington area. Well, I mean, in my mind, I thought it right. was nationwide as well. Sure, yeah. Until much, yeah, it was much later when I realized, it's like, okay, that's just, no wonder they're always promoting these local potato chip companies <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, and, and it always seemed like the hottest Cypress. new shows would show up on Happy's Place, and then if they had been around for a couple seasons, they had to be moved down to Froggy's Pad um, to make room for the new cartoons. Yeah. And wasn't, wasn't Froggy's had like a little bit earlier or... well yeah froggy's was i want to say it was from 7 to 8 30 um because by then all the kids are in school and then happy's place was 3 30 to 5 yeah that sounds about right so um uh were you also yeah, a wow. serial kid or were you like a, i think there's a delay i apologize were you like a serial kid or like a savory were you like a bacon and potatoes kind of thing and uh ham um i vividly remember eating bowls of like fruity pebbles cocoa pebbles you know and just like 
repeatedly refilling the bowl until I had like milk that was just you know super fruity flavor super <laughs> chocolate flavored milk but yeah. then I also you know Saturday mornings my big thing was like you know Friday night the family gets pizza or whatever and then there's the leftover pizza and that was like another childhood memory is eating the cold leftover pizza Saturday morning not even thrown in the microwave just eating it cold and leftover for breakfast first thing in the morning I've always thought that's the grossest so, thing I still so can't eat I cannot of... eat cold pizza no way <laughs> oh I love it I still love it to this day Ugh. my wife thinks I'm crazy no, no, it's it's actually a, a pretty normal. Um, you know, my mother and grandmother or grandfather yeah. they eat cold pizza all the time, and I just go, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> but that's yeah, to answer that's kind of a broad, all the way across the board answer to your question. But yeah. What yeah, was uh? A little, definitely a little bit. What was your favorite cereal? Bit. I'm curious. Um, when I discovered Cinnamon Toast Crunch, that was like the best thing ever to me it leaves behind the best milk did that sugar milk that yeah. leave, oh my god it's amazing it tastes like like horchata water <laughs> if you've ever had that <laughs> i've uh i think i have actually um all right so not to delay this any longer but uh what is the first thing on your list um okay so then yeah like and then i tried different ways of like you know, what is my all-time favorite? I really had a hard time picking, like, a single one. Um, and I'm, even right now, I'm like, ah, what? I can give you, like, maybe, how about my top couple? Yeah, no, just whatever you were Favorites into. I mean, it doesn't have, you don't have to stick to the format. It's just kind of like a guideline sometimes. But, I mean, what cartoons would you sure. like to discuss, actually, is just the best question. Okay, well, um, for sure, one of my top favorites ever is... Boom Docs, I love that show. Like, I wish they made more episodes, more seasons than they did. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. The the comic strip and the cartoon were constantly drowning in controversy, and it didn't seem like the people who had the power to keep them going got out of his way so he could create. And it's it's one of the most groundbreaking yeah. of all those shows or strips. And they just like they constantly ruined it for him. I haven't seen the Magruder make anything now for almost a decade, and it's kind of terrible. Yeah, it's such a such a loss. I mean, like, the, like he, he, he the things he he speaks in in that cartoon is like there's you know cultural messages there, and that, you know there's substance and like relevant issues. I mean, it's all broad and funny joking ways but i mean it's relevant stuff it really is and uh i think it reminds me of the it's like the dave Chappelle show of cartoons you know yeah something something's classic but almost destined to get destroyed by corporations yeah 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 it kind of makes me think of that that was definitely one that yeah go ahead (laughs) sorry um it makes me think of calvin and Hobbes how their constant pressure um, forced him to basically wrap it up because he just couldn't take it anymore. They constantly wanted him to merch. Um, and it's not like Magruder didn't merch out uh, Boondocks. I mean, there was a cartoon and there was some material. I mean, it just seems like that and Calvin Hobbes and the far side, they really, really pushed these creators to the point where like, you know what? You can't have a good thing anymore. I'm taking it away. Yeah. 
What the? How how much can you do before it starts getting, you know, like you throw, like I I don't know if this is the case, but I mean it's such great stuff consistently, you know, for one, two, three seasons, however many, and then it's like okay, like can you keep going on forever like that, or at some point is it gonna be stale, recycled, you know? Yeah, I'm curious. Which I don't know, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know if that was the case, but like, if he could have kept making great episodes like that, like yeah. I, I wish. Well, it I'm, happened. I'm confused how Rick and Morty got renewed for what was it like seven seasons? Do they even have enough story to cover another? You know, all that. That seems excessive for a cartoon because I feel like even with most shows, they should wrap it up at five seasons. Most shows cannot survive past that. Yeah, with it, with. With the few exceptions, I mean, it's hard to not, it, you know, anything that starts getting that high in the seasons, it, it either kind of gets so far away from what they're originally doing or so much is going on that's just hard to absorb, you know. Um, I, Rick and Morty was another one I had in my head, like, that, to me, is one of the great new shows out, like, just just hilarious i think it's like i i don't know if you like it or not i actually um, have never seen it uh, a lot I, of these I, a lot of these shows that people recommended to me i still have just never gotten around to like um adventure time i've never seen a single episode of that I've never seen rick and morty i really need to and that's kind of the point of how we're ending back in tunes at the end of the year is to do a new show that focuses more on current cartoons and, and other stuff that's going on currently because we only do retro. So I only watch cartoons that are like 15 years and older, so I haven't been able to find time to watch the new stuff, except a little bit of BoJack, and that's all I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I was real standoffish of Rick and Morty at first because it was like, you know, uh, and I, I guess I am a lot towards a lot of the shows like this because it's like, oh, it's just another trying to be family guy or whatever you know but i actually i finally watched it and i was like well this is some pretty funny shit you know yeah oh no i watched bob's burgers i forgot i watched bob's burgers a lot oh that's a that's a good one for sure yeah, that was one that I watched the first episode, and I was like, this is the ugliest animation I've ever seen in my life, and I didn't get into it. And my sister's like, no, you have to revisit this. And I was like, okay. And then you realize the intricacy that is planned throughout the entire season, like stuff that pays off and from episode one will you know, show up in episode ten. You're like, oh my god, they created this huge world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're the, it, those are the ones I like when, the, when it's like, you end up finding out there's a lot more thought put into it than initially, you know, you're scratching on the surface, um, for sure. <laughs> well, they never really did that with cartoons from our era. It was like one and done, except every once in right. a while you get like a two-parter. The only ones I remember really building yeah. a world was Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, G.I. Joe, as far as retro, anything older, I think G.I. Joe is probably like almost by default would have to take my number one spot because it was probably the most one I ever watched, you know. I did watch He-Man, of course, um, but like G.I. Joe was definitely the one I was most into, I would think. Yeah, um, my, my problem with Masters of the Universe is that I read those little booklets that came with the figures and it had those massive like 
uh, detailed paintings, and you expected the cartoon to be like that, like this high-end sword sorcery. And then if you look at it, it's like, oh, this is kind of cheap garbage. This doesn't, uh, it's not <laughs> yeah. what I imagined this was going to be. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like that a lot of the cartoons that you were into as a kid, when you go to revisit them, you're like, oh, I was blinded by nostalgia. This doesn't hold up at all. Yeah, um, I've tried watching uh, a few shows here and there, a couple, um, like watching now as an adult or, you know, many years later, and just remembering as a kid, oh, you know, this was great, like, they, you know, and then going into it as an adult, you're thinking, yeah, great animation, good, you know, great storylines and whatever, and then you're watching it, it's like, whoa, this is like, ridiculous you know like cheesy plots like what did i really think this was that cool at the time what um, were some of your favorites so as a kid of, yeah. were there any that you revisited that you like you adored as a kid you're like oh damn it i shouldn't have rewatched this it ruined it yeah um uh, i i was a little off put when i i looked up some G.I. Joe episodes that like you know there was there was a, a lot and there was like a few single episodes that stuck out in my mind and um, well, you know definitely like the movie of course and um, you know watching them again now it's it, there was like a little bit of uh, this is kind of lame but at the same time it was like okay I can look past it it was you know enjoyed it that much at the time i can still kind of overlook some of this stuff um you know and, and get some enjoyment and then then there was other ones that you're just like whoa i can't believe i like that show you know mine was mask i i, I thought the tool the toys were the coolest thing on the planet uh, i remember watching it but then when i revisited it a few years ago i was like i don't i don't actually remember watching this did i actually see this cartoon because I, I hate this now I know some people worship masks, but there's a little character in there, and this was kind of a curse of a lot of the cartoons we watched, was there was always, like, the cutesy, like, robot or, you know, like, Orko. Basically, the Orko rule. There's always, like, Cringer and, uh, what was the one in Thundercats? Snarf? Was it Snarf? Well, yeah, Snarf. Yeah, I can't stand those those characters. They drive us the wall. Yeah. The, like, the Jar Jar Binks character yeah, the comic but, relief. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of it. Show. <laughs> the um, I think the ones that hold up the best aren't the action ones. I think it's the more humorous ones. There's a reason why the Looney Tunes um, still hold up so well, and they were always packaging those up and putting them on Saturday mornings, and for decades, those are still really, really well-made cartoons that are hilarious. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote. Like today, yeah, they. For sure, stand the test of time. You're, and you're definitely right about the humor, the humorous ones, because um, you know now thinking on it, like, and I wasn't so much a kid. I don't remember, like, I had to have been. Do you remember Angry Beavers? I do, actually. Yeah. That had to have been, like, I I feel like I might have been an adult when that show came out. I, it, it, it had to been fair. I almost certain you were in high school by that time, or maybe even past that. It's the uh, the Ren and Stimpy uh, kind of influenced cartoons. You know, we had Cat Dog, and we had yeah. Two Stupid Dogs, yeah. um, Two Angry Beavers. There was another one that was really similar to Ren and Stimpy. Um, 
But it was kind of like the dumb and dumber of cartoons, like these two buffoons that you just watch cause chaos no matter where they go. And I do remember, I think Angry Beavers was a Nickelodeon cartoon. Yes. And the, those, you said Cat Dog. Cat Dog and Angry Beavers were two. I've watched or so now and liked them as much as I liked it back then. I was like, yeah, it was, I mean, it, but it's so off the wall ridiculous that it's like, kind of rises above the cheesy you know yeah and i feel like those cartoons had heavy influence from the guys who created them they had a very particular look to them a very particular kind of comedy whereas if you look at a lot of the superhero cartoons action oriented ones especially in the early 90s their look is very very dated i like the x-men cartoon but it clearly looks like 1991 yeah yeah absolutely and it, which was amazing at the time it was uh, that's an, another good one that I didn't even think of, but uh, the X-Men series I thought was great. And watching it now, it's like, oh, you know, some of the action scenes are like, uh, the fight scenes are like, come on now. Really, really poorly done. Well, there's two different styles of those superhero yeah. ones. Um, you have the Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, which had a very particular look, and they went deep into the mythology. Then you have like the X-Men and Wildcats and Savage Dragon, which seemed to be a little bit lower budget. The action wasn't as smooth. And I, I don't feel like they really deep, uh, deep dived into the comics mythology as well. Right, yeah. It, it kind of seems uh, watered down, packaged for Saturday morning, kind of definitely screams 90s through and through yeah well you were a comic book reader right yeah well you remember the x-men was extremely like... violent at this time i mean i think we had just gone through like the mutant massacre or whatever and then they they, they give you this cartoon yeah. it's like cool that they could do it but you're like oh this is totally pg compared to the almost r-rated level of the comics sure absolutely and i and you almost have to expect that a little bit it's like you know especially you know, I grew up with an older brother in the comic and got me into comics. So, like, not only was I, like, finding my own stuff, I was reading a bunch of, like, he, he had Frank Miller's Ronin series, which I thought was the coolest thing. And I was maybe, like, 10 or 12, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, That's definitely a mature so comic. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that, then you get you get this whole, like, even then I knew there was, like, there was, like, comic, there was, like, almost R-rated comics and then just the typical stuff you'd find on the shelf with the, you know, comic book authority code, whatever, you know, you'd know there's differences there and then, you know, expecting something on a Saturday morning to be, you know, just like what you're reading in the comics, you're like, you know, not a lot of that's going to transfer over yeah. into a Saturday morning kids show. But at that time, that was pretty much the only way you were going to see these characters. We had the Batman movies, and that was about it. There's no way that movies could afford to do yeah. Spider-Man on a decent budget, do X-Men. You know, all these characters that we see, like, every three months now. Um, the only way to get into that sure. world was the cartoons. And you're like, this is my fix. But then you look back on it going, okay, I get that. That's from that era. Except for the Batman animated series. That still amazes me how good it is. Yeah, they... they... That was one thing DC got right, I think, was with uh, some of their animated series, for sure. They had that over um, 
some of the like the like you mentioned the X-Men ship um, but even like it's, I think we I feel like we've just come so far nowadays like if you were to tell me five ten years ago that there'd be a Doctor Strange or Deadpool movie I would have been like you're nuts they would you'll never see that as a major motion picture <laughs> and then people would show up yeah, and it would be a huge like, hit <laughs> yeah but it's some of the stuff that's coming. In, I know this is this tangent's kind of getting off the Saturday morning cartoons, but uh, yeah, just like like I'm really glad where the movies are at and what they're doing with them because it's you know this, this stuff like I, since I was in the comics as a kid, I'm just like oh you know Deadpool movie amazing, X Men movies yes you know and. Avengers, of course, Avengers are, have been the best done so far, and I know there's a lot of people hating on the X-Men, and the X-Men movies definitely made some mistakes, but, like, I still enjoy seeing, every, you know, every one of them. I'm, like, so glad that we're making these movies now. And, oh, yeah, and in that we're treating you know, with respect now. Some of the, we went so long, where there was, yeah. like, there was a period of time where Batman and Robin was accepted. I'm like, no, this is not how you do a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. I think that's a problem with a lot yeah, of the... Uh, on that now. The cartoon movies that we do, or that we see now, you know, um, it seems it's kind of faded away, but, you know, I know that the cartoons were strictly meant for kids, but it doesn't mean you have to dumb it down. And I feel like a lot of those movies don't work. We did, I think, George of the Jungle's fine, uh, Dudley Do-Right, um, maybe the second Scooby-Doo, but the rest of them have been just like low-rent, poorly made, uh, yet somehow very, very expensive movies, and I just don't feel like a lot of them really got the spirit of the cartoon. Sure, sure. Well, and even... And now here's the thing, like, um, if you go back and look at G, the G.I. Joe animated movie, or the got into Cobra La and the, you know, Serpentor and all, all those characters, like, and I, it's been a while, I haven't seen the movie in years and years and years, but I remember it being, you know, almost like ahead of its time, like, you know, characters died in it, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know what I mean, it, it, it was aimed for kids, I'm sure, but it, it was a little at that closer to R-rated yeah. end of that, I think. And well, the Transformers movie, movie came... Right, I feel like. Yeah, the Transformers movie came out the year before, and that's when they started killing characters off like crazy, and as a child, they must have blown people's mind. I never actually got to see the movie until right after high school, but I had read the comic book version of it, and I was just like, wait, they're killing off all of these characters? And I guess it traumatized children, so when they did the G.I. Joe movie, they had to refilm the ending because Duke was supposed to die and be replaced by Falcon or um, Flint, I can't remember. And they were like, no, we can't do that. We just destroyed like a whole generation of G.I. Uh, Transformers for kids. Sure, and I get I get what they were trying to do with that, I'm sure. But it's like, I don't know, I, I think... Uh... Nowadays, kids are probably definitely more prepared for it. Well, now, yeah. Well, they act like kids were coddled, but if you look at the movies from the 80s, then they were a lot more, um, I would say, darker. I mean, for Pete's sake, Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were rated PG. 
And well, hell, the Raiders of the Lost Ark was rated PG, and people's faces melt off. You know, it's just kids are different now yeah. than they were then, and it's just amazing how people just forget. I was like, no, 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 no. What was on television? Sure. In movies? No. That was like tons of yeah. cussing and violence. Sure. The uh, the line of toys that were made before the cartoons was kind of normal in the eighties. Like they would, the companies would go to these companies and or uh, go to these uh, cartoon companies and say, "Hey, look, we got these line of toys. Make a cartoon out of this." Whereas the nineties seemed to flip it, where they did, and I, I think it's because it's all the superhero stuff. It's like um, I feel like they already had their catalog of characters, and then they went to the toy companies and said, "Hey, make all these Spider-Man toys." But the 80s is weird because that's the only era I know where the companies were in charge of um, what was going to end up in a cartoon. Yeah, and I think you saw a lot of that. Like, I remember even, I mean, uh, it probably wasn't at the time, maybe a little while afterwards, but like you'd be seeing um, characters appear in the episodes, and it's like, oh, they. Clearly, they just made this action figure. They're like just plugging them into the episode yeah. to introduce them, you know. There's uh, there's like one. Ninja Turtles. Oh, got totally. Crazy with that. Oh yeah, they went nuts because they had so few characters in the first place, and they had to give them constant variations. Yeah. Um, most of those cartoons that were based on toys were pretty short lived. There's some that are legendary, like we mentioned, GI Joe and Transformers. There's one cartoon. Where I am shocked they never made any toys for it because uh, the two previous cartoons they had done, Thundercats and Silverhawks, were notorious for being great toys and great cartoons. But the third one is called um, Tiger Sharks, and they never made any toys for it when it clearly looks like that was meant to be. Have you ever seen Tiger Sharks? I vaguely remember it. Um, like, it sounds really familiar. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't it, think I. Yeah, it wasn't its own cartoon. It, it wasn't a, like it wasn't its own series. No, it was. There was this block on Fox called the Comic Strip, and they all had 15-minute cartoons. The only other one that I remember, part of it was called Karate Cat, and they were just 15-minute segments, and they did four different ones every episode. But Tiger Sharks got more popular, so I think that got a full half hour. But it was never separated on its own. Do you, uh, is there any really obscure cartoons that you kind of dug, but no one else is like, i never heard of that. What are you talking about? You're like, no, it was great. Yes, absolutely. Um, one comes to mind, <laughs> pushing on my wife and kids is, uh, Count Duckula, oh. which I thought was the greatest cartoon ever. Yeah, the, uh, the time and... Was it? It was with um, Danger Mouse, right, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it started. It, he he was introduced as the villain in Danger Mouse, and um, from what I gathered, the producers, like with the success of Danger Mouse, they were like just wanting to push another cartoon really quick, like without even giving the writers or creator whoever time to like come up with something else instead of like starting fresh they just grabbed count ducula gave him his own show made him like okay he's still a vampire duck but he's gonna be 
the main protagonist of the story now. <laughs> and um, with slight changes, I think there's a little change in his voice and a little change in his, you know, he wasn't like the villain. He necessarily wasn't Danger Mouse. But, I mean, it, and that's another show that stands the test of time. Like, I've caught a couple episodes on YouTube and just thought it was hilarious. Like, now a lot of it's pretty dated and, you know, it's one of those, like, it's full of cheese, but it's, it was it almost laughing at itself, you know? It, it was, it was truly, you know, laughing at the whole horror genre and all of it, I mean... But yeah, if you get a chance to watch that show again. Yeah, that was actually, I think, our That's third cool. episode. I really enjoyed it. I, and the funny thing is, I had forgotten that I used to have the comic books of it. Uh, Marvel had a kid's line of oh. comic books called Star Comics, and they licensed uh, Count Duckla for his own series. Nice. The uh, What point do you yeah. think do you stop watching cartoons? Um... I don't know. I mean, I definitely some people grow out of it, but I feel like, you know, I already mentioned I'm, you know, a, a new fan of Rick and Morty, and, like, there's shows that are coming out that I, you know, don't always necessarily skip review or whatever, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. But, like, I still, there's still cartoons I watch. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um... Like, I'm still a fan. I don't know if I'll ever completely stop watching uh, cartoons. And it, even if I watch less, like, I'm a big enough fan, I think, of a animated, you know, whether it's, like, kid stuff or action or, like, you know, just bizarro visual. Like, if you remember Liquid Television. Oh, yeah, totally. On MTV was a huge influence on me and, like, um... Akira, one of my favorite movies ever. So, like, I think I'll always be a fan, at least, of, you know, some of the more adult-oriented animation, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I stopped somewhere around the time... I remember the WB had just debuted, and they had Freakazoid, uh, Elmira, Pinky, and the Brain, and Animaniacs, and that was kind of like that tail end... I, I guess I shouldn't have said uh, the end of cartoons, but I mean the cartoons that were kind of geared at kids because I think we all still checked in with the primetime stuff. You know, Simpsons, King of the Hill, um, uh, Family sure. Guy, and then Adult Swim. But there was a point for about five or six years where I just completely stopped watching any of the kid-oriented stuff. And then when I discovered... Because um, we didn't get Cartoon Network in Huntington for years after its debut. I think it was time, yes. 2002 or 2003 is when it debuted. And that's when I started soaking up all the, like, the Dexter's Laboratory and Johnny Bravo and stuff like that and some of the retro stuff. But I have to say, like, at best, I would watch maybe Duckman. You know, the more, like you said, adult-oriented yeah. cartoons. Yeah, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, I, I looking back now, I think I did, you know, it was probably high school end of high school early 20s where i was like okay you know like kind of grew away from the more of the younger range shows um and then it wasn't it was later on like you know i kind of got out of touch with them i guess and then then there there'd be the random show like uh angry beavers or cat it's laugh like 
not understand how I thought it was so funny and like, you know, being like, like knowing full well this is a kid's show I'm watching, but I'm really <laughs> digging it. Well, SpongeBob has been one of those that cross generations. I still have never seen a single episode of SpongeBob, but I heard it's really good. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's one, and I don't think I ever would have got into it if I didn't have, uh, nephews, younger nephews at the time that, you know, like, someone else turned me on to the show, and then, like, sitting through it enough with them watching you develop a taste for it. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it's come full circle now. I have a kid of my own, and she's watching... You know, they're like I mentioned the two series, Muppet Babies and uh, DuckTales, the, the revamped ver- versions now. And I'm like, wow, you know, watching with her and like <laughs> just getting a kick out of it. Um, and on, on that note, I would love them. I love the, I, I mean, it's got to be Disney. I think, uh, remember Darkwing Duck? Oh, totally, yeah. That was another huge, and this is probably like the third or fourth duck show I think I mentioned. <laughs> I'm a big fan of ducks in general, I guess. So um, it's fitting, but I thought Darkwing Duck was a cool show. I would love to see that come back in the new series. I think that would be the next logical step for Disney. Yeah, if it wasn't for the success of DuckTales and Roger Rabbit, I really don't know where cartoons would have gone because Roger Rabbit was so huge that it made people notice uh, the old way of making cartoons, that it didn't need to be based on a toy, it didn't need to be made over in Japan on a, on a nothing budget, and get good voice actors. And that's when you started getting, like, uh, uh, Darkwing Duck and uh, Chip and Dale, uh, Animaniacs, and stuff like sure. that, stuff that was more respectful to the old way of making animation. And, you know, and also giving artists, like, their own particular vision. I mean, Ren and Stimpy wouldn't have been possible, I don't think, even three years earlier, because it was so strange and unique. Yeah. Uh, it hit at the right time and place for itself, I think. Uh, it wouldn't have worked any earlier or any later than probably our, you know, right when we were had that age to pick up on it, I think. Yeah. Well, and they also had Doug and Rugrats. Nickelodeon was kind of like queuing into like the independent voice and animation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, I see that's like the weird thing in trying to place some of these shows. um, You know, I've talked to friends or, you know, school acquaintances and they'd be like, oh yeah, I used to love Doug. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like you're the same age as me, and I remember being like way too old for that show when it was out. Like I just didn't get it. Like I, did, I don't know if I just remember if I'm remembering the age right, or maybe I was like just not didn't appeal me or something. But yeah, well, I I, think... I don't know. I, I guess I have a picky taste. Yeah, I guess. it was very particular voice. If Mindy hadn't been so into it, I don't think I would have watched it. But also, Doug was on a lot longer than most cartoons because for us, like the legendary cartoons were only on for like two or three years. I think Doug was on for like seven. So yeah, it could have started when you were in sure. high school and then just kept going into your mid twenties. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Is uh, is there anything else on that list that you want to talk that we haven't already covered? 
Um, I don't know if it, if it necessarily placed on my list, but it was, uh, there was definitely, um, a couple items that came to mind I thought worth mentioning. I don't, uh, know if you remember the Star Trek animated I do. Series. Yeah, they used to rerun it on um, Nickelodeon on Saturdays, I think, after yes. the, uh, the Danger Mouse and uh, Duckula. And I remember being like, "I this is a cartoon? This is really like sophisticated compared to, like, to everything else that I've seen. Yes, and it was actually, I think it was, I mean, it was originally released way before, the, like, used to call it the reruns of it, I'm sure. I thought it was. Oh no, it's it's from the mid '70s or maybe early '70s. It was yeah, it, we yeah, caught it reruns. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, you know, I was between Star Wars and Star Trek. I was always a bigger Star Wars fan. Um, I watched the show Star Trek on occasion. Um, wasn't huge into it, but, but for some reason, like the animated series appealed more to me. And then. But they were, like, so similar. Like, you could have been watching either, really. I mean, it was, like, it wasn't, like, a typical, you know, it it was, like, exactly, like, the live motion series, except... They could do things on a different budget. They could could accomplish things without having to worry about makeup and effects. Like, what do we have available? Like, well, it's animation. Just go for whatever. Like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And And on that note, do you remember... The Star Wars droids. Yeah, I was literally about to ask you that because they always had Ewoks and droids together. I feel like Ewoks was way more popular and lasted longer than droids. It did. It was droids was from like I had to research it because at one point I wasn't sure if I just made the whole thing up (laughs) or if it was actually ever a show. So I had to like go back and actually fact check. And yes, it in, in fact did exist and. And that got me interested. To like, so I remember, of course, R two D two and C three PO being in it, and I was like, so who were the other characters? It was, yeah. So it was a very short lived um, series, from my understanding, and really hard to find any. Like, I don't, I don't think I've found any episodes anywhere online, or even um, I think the theme song. It's like the only footage from the show oh, I found. Yeah. Well, you know, they're pretty hardcore on that know, stuff. Disney will again. shut you down if you try to find episodes. But I'll look around and see if I can find any for you. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're, they they get pretty tight on their... Yeah, almost ridiculous. Like, I uh, recorded my daughter singing the hot dog song from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And, like, I don't even think the TV was in the background. Like, you couldn't see it, but... You could hear the song uh-huh. or she was singing and dancing to it and like it wouldn't let me post that video on Facebook. <laughs> it was like due to copyright laws, you can't post this video. I was like, really? Yeah, I was well hold on. Disney aren't you like, rich enough? Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you disturbed by Disney buying up all of the franchises that we loved as a kid and ignoring their own franchises? Um, you know, I'm kinda torn because like you know, part of me is just, like, really glad these movies are getting made and get made right, like, you know, and I, I, I was torn with the whole Star Wars because I'm like, you know, what are they going to do? What's it going to do them, like, at the same time, well, it can't be worse than 
you know, they can't do any worse than Phantom Menace. I no, no. wouldn't think, hopefully. I, know, I so. still can't believe people are embracing Phantom Menace now and telling you how much they hate Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this doesn't make sense. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I mean, so far, they they haven't let me down. So yeah. it's like I'm, I can't hate on them for... Um, you know, other than maybe being like being a little more open and like I'm not, you know, I try to keep up with the current stuff. But, like I couldn't tell you like who exactly owns rights to who at this point in time. Like um, I just you know I'm, I'm busy. I can't like keep updated on all the time. But I'm like really hoping um they do more like seeing. Spider-Man coming to the Avengers universe was awesome. Like, I want to see more of that. Yeah. I really hope they work it out and, and bring the X-Men and Avengers together. I think that it it could be done. Yeah, right. it just if depends they, if, if that Fox... Right like, yeah, if the Fox deal goes through, they get yeah. those characters back. But and it's weird thing is they also are going to own Planet of the Apes and um, Kingsmen Ooh. and stuff like that. And I just don't know what they're going to do with those franchises. They'll probably just sell them off. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Disney, yeah, they could have could have crashed them into the ground, you know. They, they, they. But like I said, they haven't done horrible, and you know, at least these movies are getting made. Like, you know, like I said earlier, you told me any of these movies would be out ten years ago, I'd be like, "There's no way." I would lay down money that they would never, never make this movie. Or they would have done them on a much lower budget. The fact that Black Panther was made like on a $175 yeah. million budget, like, oh, that no, that that's insane because 10 years ago, I don't even think they would have greenlit it at $50 million. Yeah, and would it have been re- as well received 10 no. years ago? They probably... Like, see, that's the it, problem with a lot of these lower... Oh, yeah. Well, I think Blade opened the door, and no one gives Blade the credit. I mean, that was the first real successful Marvel movie, and then they're just like... Uh, no, we're just going to go ahead and just credit all to Iron Man. Look, Iron Man was fantastic and it made a lot more money than Blade, but none of this would have been possible without it. Sure, sure. But the thing I was saying about Disney earlier, though, is that they're ignoring uh, – they, they put off Tron 3. They put off the reboot of Rocketeer. They don't do anything with their core characters, you know, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy and stuff like that. And I wonder if that's what their streaming station is going to be that they debut in December. Um, I, I bet you they start doing some original content on a decent budget on that station. No, I would like to see that absolutely. Like both Tron and Rocketeer, like you just mentioned, that I mean, huge huge fans, fan of both those movies growing up. Um, like I can't believe it took them as long as it did to make the sequel to Tron. Yeah. Like, um, but at the same time, I think if they did it any sooner, it might not have been as good. And to me, it's like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say it's as good as the original, but it's definitely, you know, right up there with it. Like they didn't, I, like, I don't think they failed at that. I've, I've read mixed, you know, reactions or, uh, mixed feelings about the Tron sequel. And I thought it was great i thought they did a great job you know story development like all the way across the bar it was good and i 
like just made me want to see another one. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah, and they even set it up for a third just one. Keep, but keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, they they had it on their schedule, and they're like, we have too many Marvel and Star Wars movies and everything else. We have no room, so that's why they canceled it. It's not like they didn't have a good script. But, you know, I, I don't think it's made as much money as they wanted it to, but they're also like, we just don't have space. And that's why sure. I think that app, you know, or not the app, the, the streaming service they're going to introduce seems to be the right place for a lot of these projects. And I think it's weird that we're now going to streaming for a lot of these cartoons. There is no Saturday morning anymore. There's only cable and streaming. And that is strange to ex- like take in and then explain it to the next generation. I was like, oh, no, the only place you get cartoons is right after school. And Saturday morning, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of them can't even, you know, wrap their minds around life pre-internet. And, you know, and that, that was like our only outlet. Oh, yeah. If you missed a cartoon, yeah, you were screwed yeah. because they, the only way they, yeah. like the famous ones got rerun. Like Scooby-Doo was rerun forever and ever. But that was about it. Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think that's probably it on your list. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we go? No, I think I, uh, I like all the points I was dwelling on these last couple days. I think we touched on. I, I don't know if I <laughs> hit hit your list or hit, hit all your points. You're looking for me to touch on or not? But no, it was kind of like a more uh, casual conversation than a structured uh, uh, the way that we normally do it. But I'm fine either way. Cool, cool. I definitely, um, I, I feel like I gave you a lot of my likes and dislikes. So. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just yeah. happy to talk to you. I can't believe it's taken me this long. It just, it didn't even occur to me yeah. that I was like, wait a minute, I've never done a show with Josh, like this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we've been talking all this time, like, oh, comic, comic book, this, oh, this movie, like, yeah, I mean, anytime, man, uh, I would love to do this again anytime i'm all for it all right yeah it's just uh we went a really long time without talking and then thank god for facebook because i've connected to some people and then you realize you don't like a lot of these people so you know you you stuck around (laughs) so we're good (laughs) i just yeah do you feel that way with a lot of high school friends you're like look that was could you just get over that one story every time i see you or talk to you you always bring up that one story just move on (laughs) yeah or it's like um you know, the, like reconnecting with the, with a lot of people on Facebook, and well, especially with me because I still live in Huntington, and I see a lot of these people all the time, and it's like, you, you know, it's almost like there's people you you would talk to on Facebook and say what's up to, but then, you know, you run into them at the grocery store, you just kind of pass by and like give each other a nod, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's, there's definitely a weird dynamic, like um, when you when you'd almost just assume talk to them on Facebook and engage in a real conversation with them when you see them in real life. Yeah. Well, I think but, you are uh, literally the sure. only person that's still in Huntington. Everybody else just went in different directions. And uh, that's, I mean, that's just one of the major reasons why I never went back. They, they're like, you come back for the 20th reunion? I'm like, who's going? I don't know any of these people. Like, I barely remember anybody from high school. If, if I haven't communicated with them, no. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm not, like, still in communication with them, i this point then i don't necessarily know if i'd care to reconnect with them you're just like hey you're like hi well traveled four thousand miles for that (laughs) well i I mean i managed to get 
out of town a little bit. I was briefly living in Fort Wayne for a while. Then I came back and, you know, I was like living but working in Fort Wayne or, you know, I, I kind of had a, had a crazy adventure <laughs> along the way. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm back like blocks away, literally from the house I grew up in. Oh, wow. Um, I live, yes, like right on my old stomping grounds and I never would have thought in a million years, like if you told me I was going to end up here like this, you know, married with a kid, like I would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> now it's like exactly where I am. Like yeah. Life has come full circle. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've heard that our house on Guilford was destroyed like more than once. Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot. That was, um, yeah. And that's right up the street. I live on Guilford and Randolph now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So apparently our house got gutted and someone took all the stuff or and painted it black or something. (laughs) I don't remember that. Um, But, and if it's where I'm thinking of, there's a house just like two blocks up from me that caught fire because uh, like either last summer or the summer before someone was grilling and caught the siding on fire and yeah they ended up tearing down the house and now it's like a vacant lot huh but i don't think that i don't think that was your house i'm having a hard time what i wouldn't be surprised it was ten, uh, sorry everybody we're going off on a tangent here real quick sorry uh <laughs> 1046 guilford is where we live it's, it was really close to the old Crestview that got tore down and got turned to a park okay right yeah yeah well, yeah, and, um, <laughs> we should probably yeah, wrap this up. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have to catch up another time. <laughs> well, we can do it after this. I, I just feel like the audience forever. is like, uh, what does this have to do with? Um, hey, uh, everybody, <laughs> uh, check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes. You'll find all our episodes there and animation updates. And we're going to be doing a live episode Wednesday night, me and Jacob are. And we'll be discussing some of our favorite action cartoons of the 80s. And you can send us questions now or uh, while we're doing the show. And uh, that is it for us here. And thank you very much. Josh, you want to say goodbye to the folks? Hey, bye. Thanks for having me on, Mike. It was great talking to you. No problem. again, for yep, sure. Totally. Well, I mean, I have like 8,000 different shows going at once. I'm sure there's something for <laughs> one of them. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah, just let me know, man. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Next Planet Over. This episode we'll be discussing Firefly. I am Michael and my co-host Mindy. Say hello. Hello, (laughs) Bubba. So it has been a little bit since we've done an episode. Last one was Roswell, so I apologize for the wait. We're going to try to knock out some more episodes. Um, So basically just wanted to do a quick talk about Firefly. One of those shows that, of course, we all scratch our heads wondering how it got canceled. But, frankly, if you look at Fox, during this time period, they had like a decade of like interesting sci-fi shows that barely lasted. The only one, really, that lasted was X-Files. And it wasn't until, you know, Warner Brothers and UPN started stepping up, you know, introducing Buffy and Roswell mm-hmm. and Angel, where it seemed more valid, mm-hmm. you know, doing sci-fi and fantasy shows. Um so Fox, you know, I want to say like, you know, Briscoe County Jr., Harsh Realm, Millennium. Well, Millennium lasted three seasons. Uh, the Lone Gunman. Oh, I like that show. Yeah. Um, 
there was one I think it was called Pure Luck with John Corbett where he just had a very particular talent for getting out of danger. I want to say that was him. I don't yeah. remember. Uh, that uh, so Firefly actually reminds me of another show that Fox did uh, in 95 that me and Ron used to watch all the time called Space Above and Beyond. Have you ever seen that one? No. That one was more military oriented like as if um, you know if it had taken it from the Alliance side. But the Alliance were still good guys. They're taking on aliens, but it kind of had that cinematic look. Um, I want to say it was Glenn Wong and whatever the other guy is, the guy who created Final Destination. Right before they did Final Destination, they had done Space Above and Beyond. Um, but Firefly takes it in more of a almost punk rock, western outlaw. You know, it's basically as if the entire cast was Han Solo and, and Chewbacca. Oh, that sounds like a great show. <laughs> what the hell, man? And I remember that they, they pushed the trailers hard. And I think watching the show now in order, I'm not that surprised that they decided to switch the episodes. Fox has always been kind of nervous with the genre and taking the pilot out of the equation for a while and then airing the train job as the first episode, a much faster episode that still in a way introduces the characters without taking a long time to do it. Do you, do you agree that was a good idea or would you prefer the way it is on disc? Um... I don't know. I don't so much mind that they aired Train Job first, I guess, but I think they aired every everything kind of just hodgepodgey and out of order. Right. I don't think it was just that first episode. It confused people. But there's also the episode where Malcolm is shot, and, and it spends the entire episode with him trying to survive, but also flashing back to you know how the team came together. So the out of the, what, 15 episodes... You know, three of them were almost like introductory episodes, so it yeah, it might have been a bad idea to do that much, um, especially so early on. You think the flashback episode would have been further down the road, like maybe end the season with that? Well, I guess it's good that they did it because there wasn't they didn't get a proper end, right? And in, in the episodes that we saw, now we were reviewing the episodes, and some of them seem foggy. It's because I don't think we saw them when they originally aired. I feel like they canceled the show at episode ten. Yeah, I think so. We we actually, you know, really um, caught on to that real fast and watched it all the episodes when they aired. Yeah, and this is when we're still air, uh, taping them on VHS and we'd rewatch them, but mm -hmm. it was like that, what, probably two tapes worth that we had. Yeah, but you're right. I think they only aired maybe the first ten and the last three or four you couldn't see until until it was on DVD. Yeah. And so then, those we didn't see quite as many times. No. And then, um, of course, the movie comes out, which I, I always thought was a pipe dream. I really didn't think that was going to happen. They kept talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Universal, they, they're just buying the rights, you know, as a lofty, probably just to get Joss Whedon in their house. Yeah. And not realizing, oh, oh, they actually are going to put a real budget behind it. They got good fan reviews at the screenings. Mm -hmm. And everybody kept saying it was going to be huge. And this happened, what, two or three times within, like, the, the, a year's period of time. They said about Snakes on a Plane was going to be huge. Yeah. And that didn't do shit. The only thing I like about Snakes on the Plane was the original song that was written for the movie. That, yeah, that album. That song was good. dope. <laughs> um, I'm trying, and so looking over the episodes here, uh, yeah, so the first one that aired was Train Job, and then Serenity, of course, was supposed to be the real, original episode. Do you think that naming it Serenity, the movie, was a bad idea? They couldn't get Firefly, which I didn't know for years, because Fox was holding on to the name. Yeah. 
So I still think they should have called it Starship Serenity, or I can't even say the word Starship Serenity, mm-hmm. or something to make it seem like a sci-fi show. Because if you just see Serenity on the marquee and you don't know already what it is, I, I'm I'm saying you're not gonna go see it. So you're saying that the name of the the name of the movie itself may have kept people kept away audiences because it was confusing. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It sounds like a Nicholas Sparks uh, novel or something. Yeah, I mean it's definitely vague. Yeah, or or something from Miramax, you know, one of their art house films. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like what turned out to be a freaking badass yeah. kung fu flying horror monster attacking. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't sound like Serenity. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could have made a better choice, but I don't know. Yeah, what exactly it would have been. Yeah. I mean, it's, of course, Firefly could have been just as vague if you didn't know. Yeah. But I just thought it was something a little more, like, I, I just thought Starship Serenity, but it was hard to say without <laughs> tripping over the sh 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 Starship Serenity. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard not to add an extra sh in there. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they said, you know what, we're just going to appeal to our audience. We don't, we don't need to bring in a bunch of random people. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Forty million dollars is a huge budget, though, for a show that got canceled. After, I mean, is that ever happened? I don't think so. I mean, there, there's been, you know, other shows have gotten, have gotten movies sometimes, but they're more like TV movies. Or, I mean, it just still yeah. doesn't happen very often. But I'm thinking of like um, Dead Like Me yeah, got yeah. a, you know, a movie kind of to wrap it up i guess yeah i mean stargate had two movies and came from a movie but it was on for 10 years right so that's different and then star trek had a decade or so to build up an audience before the movie came out right. and that became a cult phenomenon firefly did well on video i mean exceedingly well for a dvd but still shocking that weren't uh, that uh, you know uh universal said 40 million instead of just doing direct to video which you know we you and i discussed that we thought they were going to continue the franchise on video like you could knock out direct to video for ten million probably, yeah. you know, take out some of the action sequences, shorten it, shoot it in Canada, you know, you can do those kind of movies. They do it all the time. Scorpion King, this fucking franchise won't die. <laughs> I guess maybe they just wanted to, you know, they didn't want to have to sacrifice to continue. I don't right. know. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, I think that most of the cast would do just about anything for it to continue, but. Right. But it's Joss. Joss yeah. Whedon is probably the one who said, you know what? I kind of said what I wanted to say with these characters. Yeah. And, he, and they have continued in the comics. Yeah. Now, were those mostly prequels or are any of them sequels? Because I feel like a lot of those are prequels. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so. I know that they give Wash his own story. Speaking of, okay, this is spoiler right now. Let's talk about the movie real quick. No, don't bring it up. Yeah. I didn't. Okay, so when uh, Book died, we're like, you dirty bastard. What? Don't give away stuff. Whatever. Okay, whatever. I mean, they've had more than enough time. When Book died, uh, you know, you're just like, oh, well, that's kind of a cliche. They, they always seem to wipe out the older guy. You know, they mm-hmm. always, especially like if it's a trilogy. He's old and he's black. Everything is against him. Yeah, right. And, and and then all of a sudden they kill Wash. And you're like, do you remember me yelling? You knew it was coming because you had seen it this already. Uh, I, I, yeah, I saw it twice at the movie theater. But you're still, like, really, really distraught. And I was like, no! I literally yelled out that in the, in the theater. I think that might be the most painful decision, painful movie, TV, whatever, ever, twist that I have ever seen. It's still painful. Yeah, it's just, like, this little calm moment and then done. And they didn't give him a final moment. He's just dead. He's yeah. dead, dead. 
And, you know, that was really distraught. I mean, well, Joss Whedon has always pulled the rug out from us. You know, uh, who was it? Let's just say the the body count in Angel and Buffy were always high. Mm -hmm. And it was always characters that were like B or C level, but you loved them. Yeah. Um, And and Andrew, uh, one of the co-hosts for Video Night, he's always like, yeah, Joss Whedon always does that. He did it with Coulson. I, I knew it was coming. I was like, yeah, but it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they don't die, then there's no weight to it. Well, the, I mean, the, if you're talking about the Coulson thing, I mean, Coulson is the was what happened with Coulson was the driving force of like most of their following decisions. Right, you right, know, yeah. they need that was a nest. I don't know if it was necessary, but you know, in the plot line, it it drives everything. Yeah, but Wash, that is a symbol that they might be doomed. Like they're all gonna die. That mm-hmm. is a terrifying moment because if he goes, yeah. who knows who else is next. And you see that moment build through the entire film. I'm not sure if I like the fact that um, that River, you know, her powers have escalated in the movie. That feels like a studio note. Like, oh, yeah, we're probably. Gonna do this, you throw in some kung fu. And, and then she just tears them all apart. And I was like, well, that kind of kills the dramatic weight of the reverse. Yeah. I mean, you, I think that we have to consider ourselves lucky as, you know, as fans that they didn't manipulate more stuff to be Hollywood. Right. Honestly. Yeah, it could have been much more sex filled. And um Inara, you know, she had some moves too and we were kinda of surprised by that. But the thing that steals that movie is Chuatala for Oh, is that I, really I've never tried to yeah, pronounce I, his I, name I, before. I, I, He's I, pretty great. Yeah, I read into that and I was like, is that's how you pronounce it? I wanna say I, I feel like I should give myself a cookie for that. I really <laughs> think that you deserve a cookie. <laughs> I still have some thin mints in the freezer. Nice. Yeah. Well, okay, let's pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girl Scout cookies versus Boy Scouts, whatever they have. Boy, Girl Scout cookies, popcorn and nuts. This is what Girl Scouts have. Everybody knows exactly what cookies they have, what their names are, when they come out, and they don't give a shit how much they cost. Right. And now their marketing wizards like, look, we're gonna make coffee out of it. We're gonna make ice cream out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the Boy Scouts are just like, uh, I, I don't even know what kind of chocolate. It's just chocolate. I don't know. Maybe they have different priorities. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like it's something like, get over there and do the same job for them. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, two things that were really dropped from the series into the movie is the Western element, which I think disappointed a lot of people. That's a good point. And um, the guys in the suits. I don't remember their names. But remember they had the little wands in their hand and, you know, they're going around questioning everybody and they would turn it on and make you bleed from your eyes and nose. They were basically the ones that were hunting uh river uh, River and her brother yeah oh and simon okay yeah Yeah, i do kind of remember that yeah you know i think that that's part of the reason why we were so so drawn to the show i mean of course we were already joss whedon fans so we knew not you know we knew we'd be missing something important if we didn't watch the show but you know it was one of the few shows that everybody in our family liked and i think it was that nice mix of the western and the science fiction yeah. and the humor. Do you like westerns? I wouldn't not not ex, not especially no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I don't hate them, but I don't gravitate to them by any means. No, do you think that's a generational thing because Yeah. I mean, by the time we were kid, I think we went and saw a double feature the drive and it was Silverado and Pale Rider. Both updated you know uh-huh. westerns you know much more pop especially silverado silverado yeah. is a crowd pleaser that's an indiana jones but set in the west yeah you know, something every 10 minutes to get you excited and i i look at john wayne movies and i go 
uh, I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand a lot of like uh, just the the classics people get into. <clears throat> I, I can't yeah. even stand anything before Magnificent Seven. No, I mean I think you're right though. I definitely think it's a, a, a generational thing. It's more like not even necessarily like our parents' generations, but our grandparents' generation. Like they still love westerns and and book form and movies and they yeah. those that's the generation that really eats that stuff up and still demands it our parents generations were like just friggin rambo and cop movies like lethal weapon because our I generation guess. is more well we're in the weird middle because when we got superhero movies they were much lower budget and they weren't usually very good yeah you know that's what this generation is about these you know book adaptations these massive budget you know harry yeah. potter style and superhero stuff we're in that weird period where we didn't really have the buddy cop movies. That was dead. We had, like, Jerry Bruckheimer films, I guess. The Rock, you know. Uh, but there's still, it, I mean, I don't think, it may not be the buddy cop generation, but I think that the buddy film in some variation is is still popular and was very popular then. Yeah, it has it, to be manipulated, like the way Zootopia re- reconfigured the yeah. idea. Shanghai Noon. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be cop, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. just like buddy stuff. But I'm, I was thinking of like, what's that? What's that movie with like Martin Short and like Nick um, Nolte? Nick Nolte, yeah. like the like total that is, that is, weird. That a buddy. There's a, a lot of buddy movies. Yeah, in that time an period. interesting twist of the buddy movie. Yeah. and I think that was still pretty popular. I mean, I mean, do you, would you consider like, um, what's the movie with Eddie Murphy where he plays like Axel? Foley. Well, there's Beverly Cop, but 48 Hours kind of built yeah. the buddy do you, cop. But do you think that Beverly Hills Cop is a buddy cop movie? Sort of, except for part three, which sucks. I know. But, but the thing that Joss Whedon has already done, the reason I kind right, of bring sorry. it up. Well, no, I was just kind of thinking about the buddy cop stuff. The ones that really connect to us, the ones that people still talk about are the ones that are about the relationships yeah. first, then the action. And Joss Whedon has always been very smart in building the people, the relationships first. So when something does happen to them, mm. we care. Right. There's been a lot of shows where it doesn't matter. And, you know, th- th- okay, so th- so many times, um, you know, you look at the characters, you're never sure who is on who's. What was Adam Baldwin's character? I can't remember. Jane. Jane. That's right. Jane Sound. How can I fucking. We just, we just talked about that. Um, his character always seemed to be riding that line. And there's even the episode where he double crosses them. Yes. And Malcolm puts him in the air tank. He's like, look. Um, you're gonna have to make a choice here, you know. Yeah, he was, you know, he was that one person who was more about he was more of Team Jane and what was best for him than the team as a whole. Yeah. And so he was always really dancing a fine line. Yeah, and there's and there's, there's little things that he does in that movie that makes him so charming, but you never know which side he's gonna twi- switch to because it was more about the money. He wasn't in the war with them. Right, that's you know, true. And, and he's also not one of the innocents, you would say, you know, or yeah. the protectors. He, he's a mercenary. Um, he That was a major comeback for him because, you know, I think he had a bit of, you know, of course, my bodyguard being the big notorious. Oh, yeah, I remember him from the yeah, 80s, yeah. And DC Cab and stuff like that. He was in a movie with uh, um, Deborah Foreman, you know, Valley Girl, called 315, A Moment oh, I of was, Truth. Oh, I was hoping you were going to bring that up. I really like Have you seen movie. it? We've watched it together. We have? Yeah. That movie is lost. Do you Wait, know that? did we watch that together? I don't know. I thought you owned a copy and maybe I owned a copy. I at one oh. point had it on VHS, I guess, and maybe yeah. I didn't watch it with you, but I have seen That's it. That's yeah. a really good movie. Yeah, it's really And good. it got released like on eight screens, and then when it came out on VHS, it was the, like one of the only movies that company put out, I think it's called Dakota, 
and then they went out of business and no one knows where the prints are oh that's so sad there's nothing out there there's there's no digital copies even on the bootleg places you go it doesn't exist hmm. i have a copy on dvd that i saved because i loved it so much so i feel like i was the last people to copy <laughs> hey you need to preserve that that's history man but you know that was the heyday of his like you know uh as a lead and then you know by the time firefox came came around he really was done. Yeah, he really I mean, was. He was just showing up in direct-to-video stuff, and even that was sometimes a support. So, you know, that really saved his career. Of course, Chuck really just, like, solidified it, and he does tons of voice work. Yeah. Same thing for Nathan Fillion. Lots does of voice it, work. Does he do Batman? Uh, which, Nathan Fillion or Adam Baldwin? Adam Baldwin? I don't think I he thought, does. Um, I mean, Nathan Fillion doesn't do tons of voice work anymore because he's a household name now. Yeah, well, he, was doing, he still does Green Lantern. He's been doing uh, Green Lantern now for you know, a decade. Nathan Fillion? Yeah. I think, now I'm confused because I thought that maybe Adam Baldwin did Green Lantern. Now I don't know. I gotta yeah. look it up. Well, I know Adam Baldwin <laughs> has. Um, uh, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the cast, I want to say real quickly, my favorite episode is one that I, I, we, we tried watching every episode before we did this, but we kind of ran out of time, so it's kind of a refresher. Um, but it's the one with the bounty hunter. Uh, object in space which i think was the final aired episode mm -hmm. that one is the best i think by a long shot it's very slow methodical and richard brooks who is in another show that i want to do on this podcast called good versus evil where uh this guy gets killed and he's allowed to come back to earth he doesn't look like himself you he mean g versus e g versus e i'm sorry second season no of that's okay versus evil i just want to um, be sure but he he has one of the best voices. He's just so suave. Oh uh, yeah. But but when he goes through the ship picking people off left and right, he knows exactly what he's doing, mm -hmm. and he has some terrifying moments in it. And I thought, you know, well, this sucks that the show got canceled, but at least it ended on that episode because that was extremely good. Yeah. Um. Can I mention? Uh. Since you're mentioning a guest star that you like, I I want to mention that. Um, Zac Efron. <laughs> I'm getting puppy love here. Like, serious puppy love. Zac Efron played Simon, young Simon Tan. What? Yeah. How did I notice that? It's great. What? I think it was, it was like the first thing, it was before High School Musical. Yeah. It was like one of his first things he did. Straight out of San Yeah, he's seriously like baby Simon Tan. Oh, that is hilarious. I know, I, I loved that. it. And like, what other, you know, guest stars got, <gasps> got, a, got, there is, he didn't have any fame afterwards, which is a surprise. But in the Janetown episode, there's a young man who gets killed. And he was in the first season of 24. Do you oh. remember that he's the one who manipulates uh, Kiefer Sutherland's daughter and they get at that camp, whatever? And I was yeah, like, this kinda. kid's got talent. And then nothing. Nothing after that. Uh, Christina Hendricks was, like, very, uh, you know, uh, a memorable guest star yeah. in... Mrs. Episodes, Mrs. Yeah. Is it Mrs. Malcolm Reynolds or Mrs. Reynolds is one of the episodes where he supposed uh, Malcolm Mal accidentally supposedly marries her. Yeah, and then she ends up she's kind of a con woman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that really that angry. that comes back and haunts them in another later episode. Yeah, too. where basically she leaves Malcolm nude on a planet. Yeah, <laughs> but she also gets uh, locked up in a like a dumpster or something like that. Also. I believe that one of the characters, one of the actors is that guy from Supernatural who plays Crawley. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't yeah. he on there, too? He is. He's, like, in two or three episodes. That might be one. He, he, I, people are going to lose their minds because he's, he's got a strong family. He's always the guy that's at these conventions. Um, but I don't know his name, but he shows up in a lot of shows around I know. This time. I should be ashamed of myself for not knowing his name. Um, but he's just been crawly for so long to me. Uh, but I'm pretty sh- Oh, Mark Shepard. He's Badger. Right, okay. Badger in two episodes. Who, uh, right. he, I, I can't believe the name is slipping by me, but he always uh, shows up as kind of a heel. He's in Payback. He was in uh, Body Devil. He's in Slither as the mayor. I just want some goddamn Dr. Pepper! <laughs> uh, I don't. I'll look it up here. But yeah, he's one of those guys that showed up all the time in the 80s. And... I have not seen Slither in a really long time. Um, he's also in... Guardians of Galaxy 2. Um, so let's talk about the cast real quick, what it did for them. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Nathan Fillion is like the big standout. He went on to do Slither, which was surprisingly a bomb. But I guess if you look at the history of horror comedies, especially gross horror comedies, they usually tank. And it's still a pretty good movie. I mean, it's hella gross. But... Yeah, but it's very, very entertaining. Wasn't it... Michael Rooker in that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. And Elizabeth Banks, Jennifer. Yeah, Greg Henry. Greg Henry's Greg the guy. Henry, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. God, I was just yeah. like, digging Wait, my brain. that's who you were talking about? Yeah, Greg oh. Henry. Yeah, he's in the. You should have said. You should have said uh, the guy on Gilmore Girls. I, I didn't realize he was on Gilmore Girls. He was on like three seasons of the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think I stopped around season five when they tried to do the spinoff of the Kid from Heroes, and I was like, nope, this sucks. Milo. Milo Ventimiglia. I like the large Ventimiglia. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I got you there. Uh, Summer Glau <laughs> going on to Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. She's she's like, I mean, she's a hardcore sci-fi gal. She hasn't acted in a couple years. I'm curious what she's up to. I know. I enjoyed her on, she had a run on 4400. I mean, she shows up in a lot of stuff, but I don't know what she's been doing lately either. Yeah, I, I really ran over it. But after Slither, he did White Noise 2, which oh, went yeah. straight to video, and it's a good flick. It's just as good as the first one. The first one made like $60 million. So why did it go straight to video? I'm so confused. Oh, no. And then Drive. Very short-lived Drive, which we both really enjoyed. And they canceled like third episode. And so irritating. But, of course, um, uh, shit, what the hell is it? It's not Bones. Uh, what the fuck is the name of the show that he's on for like 10 years? What are you talking about? The detective show that Nathan Fillion was on forever and ever. And I wanted it to go away because it's on too long. Oh, I don't remember what it's called. Like uh, an idiot for not knowing this. It was only for like a decade. Uh, yeah, I got mad at the show, so I stopped watching. But yeah, he's. Uh, I hope he has a castle. Name. Castle. Asshole. Uh, it rhymes with asshole. Castle. 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 The asshole. <laughs> uh, Marina Bachrin being in V, the uh, updated version, which I was hot for the first season. The second season was a disaster. Agreed. But I'm sorry, she. I mean, I think she's been killing it on Gotham. See, I still have never seen Gotham. What? Not a single episode. I'm so far behind. You're making a mistake, my friend. Yeah, I, I'm on Arrow Season 3, Flash Season 2. I watched two episodes of Supergirl and thought, awesome, we should get back to it. Never have. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, I think I've seen six episodes. I just, there's too much! What's wrong with you? You can't watch those things in that know, kind of right? order. Right? just, I don't, I thought, I, uh, poo. There's an order. Right? And the universe is because falling apart because of Because there's crossovers. Yeah. There's, there's things. You have to watch them in order. This sucks. I'm completely ruining it. Just, just fucking right, give right, up, right, dude. I'll, no, I'll just restart. 
okay, whatever. Well, I, I have hey. four seasons of Arrow oh, on DVD. Well, I'll just stay for the next friggin' month. <laughs> That's right. Go for it. All right. Okay. Uh, um. But also, <laughs> but also, she's. I loved her in Deadpool. We have to say that we have a puppy here that is in everybody's face and, and trying to get on the microphone. Yeah, she's a busybody. Oh, Pepper Potts. Come on. Come back. Come back, you little <laughs> Stop crawling everywhere. Uh-huh. Sit down. All right. Okay, um. Yeah, I love her Deadpool. Deadpool. Yes. She's so awesome. Jewel State, who mm-hmm. I had a horrible crush on when the show aired. You remember that show she was on on the Disney Channel? No. With... I never ben saw, Foster. I never saw her before. She was on what? Firefly. What was she in before? I know that she was in Stargate afterwards. One of the Stargates. I don't remember which one. I remember her on this show on the Disney Channel with Ben Foster when they they were like fifteen or. 12. Was it called Fifteen? Was Ryan Reynolds in it? Shut up! No, <laughs> it wasn't with Ryan Reynolds. Um, it was called. Damn it! Flash forward. Okay, I've never heard of that. You made that up. Isn't there another Flash Forward show? I don't know. I feel like there was another one with uh, Tay Diggs. She was on a show called Space Cases. Okay. That was a kid's show. I remember, um, I remember Space Cases, but I don't remember Flash Forward. That's weird. Then What's that honey, all about? I, honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a TV show? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, some Canadian stuff. That's the best. Sometimes a lot you, of Canadian stuff. I don't think Firefly was shot in Canada, but yeah, some of these actors are from Canada, and they've made some excellent careers then there. she did a couple episodes of wonderfalls after you're sniffing the microphone pepper it's picking up the sound <laughs> stargate yeah uh alan tudyk now I, I if there's anybody else who really got a boost it was him he is ubiquitous right he's good he at is, the motion cap he is everywhere i'm like every time i hear a voice i'm like is that Alan Tudyk? And it's always Alan it's, Tudyk. It's, yeah, it's just like he's just really I'm good like, at this. I'm watching the new Tick. Is that Alan Tudyk? Eh? It is. I'm, uh, watch, I'm watching a Disney movie. Is yeah. that Alan well, Tudyk? Well, it's iRobot that really did it, I think. Oh, I'm like, I'm watching freaking, uh, what's that Disney Holy movie? Holy crap, I can't believe it. He's in Wreck-It Ralph. He's in Moana. That's what I was going to say, Wreck-It he's Ralph. He's in Zootopia. He's in Frozen. Um, he, does, he does almost as much voice work, maybe more. That's a hell of a paycheck, man. I mean, he's great, though. What's that TV show that he was on last year? Was it Damage Control or something like it? Uh, Personal Super... I, I didn't... I don't want to talk about it. I didn't like it. Oh, yeah, he did a voice on Rogue One. Yeah. I just watched that again. I like his uh, little short film stuff that he does, uh, uh, Con Man. Oh, yeah, I watched a little bit of that. Um, Big Hero 6. I forgot he's in Big Hero yeah. 6. Does he pa- only play robots? Par- Powerless about? is the show that yeah, he was on. Yeah, I haven't on. seen that. Is it? It wasn't. No? It was okay. Okay, it was alright. He was supposed to be like the distant cousin of Bruce Wayne or something. Nah, like that. right. Um, Wayne Wayne. He also does the Wayne vo- Wayne. He also <laughs> does a voice on Star Star versus the Forces of Evil, which is another like Disney show that I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of weird, like Gravity Falls, but he he wasn't. In the Big Hero 6 movie, was he? I think he was. I think he was whatever the robots... No, he was not. He was not. Well, who was the robot It was that guy who was from... What's that show with Tina Fey? Oh, right. Scott Scott. That He did the voice of the robot. Um, Gina Torres, I think right after this is when she did the Matrix movies, but she's only a small part of that, but I think she's married to Lawrence Fishburne. She is married to Lawrence Fishburne. Um, She's been on Suits, I think. Yeah, she was on Suits. I think that show's still on, so I, I think this is the last season. 
Yeah. They kind of got to end it now that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's getting married but to I'm the sure prince. Be a spin-off because it seems like it's a decent size hit. Uh, Sean Mayer is the one that I just don't see very often. No. I, can I just say, though, I think uh, backtracking to Alan Tudyk, I think maybe his favorite of all of his credits for maybe both of us, I may be speaking out of turn, is Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, my God. That's so great. And they keep talking about a sequel, but sometimes it just doesn't have it. It takes too long. I think sequels that there's a long gap between them is usually a disaster. Somehow the magic mm. is just missing. I think that you know one of Gina Torres's more memorable things was her you know sh- her stint on Angel. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. She right, was like kind of a big bad. Well, yeah, and I forgot that's what uh, uh, Nathan Fillion did. He yeah, was a Nathan big bad Fillion the last did season. That too. Um, then Adam Baldwin, I forgot. Wasn't he a big bad the last episode? Didn't he come in at the last couple episodes of Angel? To kick Spike's ass or Angel's ass or something? Um, I swear Adam Baldwin should have been I think he did. You know, I'm like I'm like a third of the way through the last season. Yeah. You know, again. I mean, we've seen them all, yeah. Say, I've seen them all, but not, not for a while. He so. doesn't stand out the way Buffy did. Buffy, I did the same amount. You know, just one or two runs on it. And yet mm-hmm. I remember it so well. And Angel, I don't, even though I prefer Angel. It's weird. Yeah, I understand what you mean, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And just just to let you know, you're right. It does look like Suits is getting the spinoff show, and she's gonna. It's gonna be called Slacks. Yeah, <laughs> untitled Suits spinoff project. So yeah, I, don't know. I remember Sean Mayer was the guy that would show up in like the, the you know the way Anaya wait wait Anaya fuck I can't say her name Buffy Anyanka Anya no. Uh, Xander's girlfriend. Well, I got Anya. Slight. Anya. Fuck. I don't well, know her full name was Anyanka, but oh, they changed, okay. they shortened it to Anya. Uh, you know how Anya was like, oh, she was in Darkness Falls right after that. And then she would show up in a couple, like, uh, Fox Family or, or I think Lifetime. that he was in some, yeah, Lifetime Yeah, movies. he was that kind of guy that showed up. No, he's just a good looking guy. And I, I feel like he was in one where he was, it was about supporting gay marriage before that was like totally hip. And I thought that was cool of him. But I, he's been doing voice work, too. Doing, I think he's doing Teen Titans. He is. That's yeah. what it says he is doing. Teen Titans. He just did an episode of 911, which is like a new show Yeah. on Fox. But this is a weird period for Joss Whedon is because um, after Serenity, he had Goners. It was lined up at Universal. It was going to be a, like a $20 million horror film, and it never happened. Then he wrote Wonder Woman, and it never happened. Yeah. And... We thought that he was kind of lost. And then he did Dollhouse, which is an entertaining show, but is a mess. It's kind of like B, where the first season pretty much rocked and the second season didn't go so well. I'm not even sure I finished season two. And it didn't seem like it was kind of the end for him. The animated show of Buffy didn't happen. Yeah, it was kind of getting um, get kind of messy. Yeah, and they're just like, is he going to do another show? Is he going to walk? And all of a sudden he gets... He gets Avengers, and it saves everything. I was quite surprised when that happened, I'm going to be honest with you. He did have Cabin in the Woods right before that. Yeah, but Cabin in the Woods wasn't like he he directed or anything. No, but it got a lot of buzz because of his script. Yeah. And I think they must have seen the Serenity and said, look, he can handle a large cast. He can handle terror. He can handle action. He can handle comedy. Yeah. He seems like the perfect fit. Plus, he already knew comics. Oh, I forgot he was writing uh, X-Men. He was writing Astonishing X-Men. Well, remember when he was, he did a short run of he did Runaways for That's a little right. bit too. And then of course he's doing when Buffy. Runaways was a comic book that was good <laughs> and not a TV show that sucks. It really, it sucks. I have not seen it. It's so oh, boring. Oh, I'm sorry. I well, watched the whole thing, it looks but like I had there's to no force budget. I mean, it's Hulu for Pete's sake. But uh, you know, Some Spike's things... on there. James Marsh oh, really? on there. Okay, that's cool. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if the show had gone longer, they would have had cast members come over from Angel and Buffy. That never really happened. Yeah, probably. But I would say... On my, it's in my top five list of shows that lasted less than a season that were almost perfect. Yeah, and, and the repeat value really doesn't doesn't get diminished. No, no. I don't think so. I mean, I feel like even though we're having a hard time recalling some of the details of things, and yeah. for some reason we're sucking at knowing people's names today, and that's usually something yeah. we're good at, um, it never gets less interesting. No. I don't know. Some yeah, some shows I go back and I go oh yeah, mm. like okay. So yeah. my favorite sci-fi show of all time is Voyagers, and yet I find myself uh, oh no, that acting's terrible. Oh, that's so nineteen eighty two. That looks like it's on a back lot, and it's always yeah. the one guy who has like feathered hair and a mustache, but it's set in Roman times. You're yeah. Like oh, you fucked this up. See, in Joss Whedon, put a lot of detail to the show that nobody really thought about, like the part where um, Jane has to shoot out of the spaceship but he has to put the gun in a suit in order to get the oxygen for the gun to fire when he has to take out the array when um what was her name again christian hendrick's character saffron saffron remember she's setting it up so they can steal the ship and it's going to go through that big portal it's going to shut down it's like an emp blast yeah and he has to take it out but he only has like one shot mm. and he can't shoot he, the gun will not fire without oxygen wrapped around it. that's a cool detail or the fact that he put enough thought into it to say hey look um, this is an international, you know, or in a galactic world, but there's no aliens. They still haven't discovered aliens yet. See, these planets are different, and the Reavers were not aliens. They're just, like, fucked up people. Jesus, those were, I swear, those Reavers were so terrifying. Oh, yeah, especially in the movie. Especially in the movie. Oh, it was yeah. so scary. It was um, so scary. But it also, like, a lot of them speak Chinese. Mm. Because if you look at the world right now, the global power is not exactly in America. I, I thought that was a really, really interesting Unique, but very smart move. Yeah. And here's another weird aspect is there is, um, I don't know if it's intentional or I just read into this, but there's a civil war aspect yeah. to, but it's as if they took the focus on the rebels, the Confederate side that lost. Yeah. Brown coats. Yeah, the brown coats. But if the brown coats were right in what they were fighting for right. instead of the way it was in the Civil War, I still think it's funny when people say, "Oh, get over it already." I'm like, "You guys can't get over the Civil War. That was 180 years ago. What are you talking about? You still the South rise again? No, no, it won't. Except for Atlanta. Apparently, Atlanta's doing pretty well. Hmm. But it's just like it, it does have that thing though, where Malcolm really cannot get over it. He can't move on from it. I mean, even the first episode starts with them in a bar fight. Yeah. Because it's, oh, it's a day, the anniversary of them losing. He's got to start a fight every anniversary. Yeah. They're not ready to move on. Yeah. It's not like it's been a hundred years or anything. No, no, it's no. Been yeah, like, it's still a fresh wound. What? Yeah. Ten? Not yeah. even? Oh, I don't think it was that many. Um, So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I can't believe I'm talking this fast and I'm this tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty tired. I was going to say something else about the movie, but I can't remember what, so... Yeah, I remember us going around to everybody going, It's such a great movie, go! Please go! We want I to saw see it. Go. I saw it twice at the movie theater, yeah. and I can only say that about, like, a couple of movies, so... I got Batman, Frighteners, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those are weird movies to have seen twice at the movie theater. Yeah. I think mine were Titanic. I didn't want to see it the second time. I thought I was going to go see As Good As It Gets and someone changed their mind at the last second. And I'm like, ugh. Uh, I can't remember. Titanic, maybe the f the first two Lord of the Rings movies I saw twice. Yeah. And then 
I can't uh, I saw The Greatest Showman twice, and I don't remember if there's anything else. Nice. Now, it doesn't count when I worked in a movie theater where I saw Spider-Man no. 2 broken up about 800 times. No, that doesn't count. Bill Doggo for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, no, th- that doesn't count. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, check us out on Facebook under Next Planet Over. It's a fan page for all sci-fi and fantasy horror shows that were kind of, for the most part, short-lived, but sometimes we'll do longer-run shows. Hey, why don't you maybe go on the website, go on on the site, and tell us what shows you might be interested in us talking about. Totally. We I mean, like input. Yeah, the problem is there's so many shows to discuss yeah, there's so that much. we can't choose. And we find ourselves hemming and hawing because I think we're originally we're supposed to do Birds of Prey. But I got about three episodes in, and yes, we'll do it eventually, but... Yeah, we'll do it eventually. It has not aged well. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we want to talk about, but we also, you know, if there's something you're interested in, we, we want to do something you want to listen to. Right, and that'll actually help us make a decision. Yeah. Anything you want to plug before you go? Heck no. Heck no to the techno. Nah, dude. All right, everybody, have a good night. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Comics on Infinite Earths. This episode we'll be discussing Nova, the uh, Reginald Hudlin run of Black Panther, actually just Black Panther in general, and uh, just random little bits here and there. Uh, Avery is returning to the show. It's been, uh, I think, two months. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know, Avery shows up uh, every couple months, whatever. (laughs) It's usually my fault because I get distracted with too many podcasts. Uh, before we get into the episode, just wanted to say thank you for supporting the show and check out our sponsors, jimetsco.com. They are a pop culture art design kind of place. If you want t-shirts, hats, housewares with cool like parodies of pop culture stuff and, and whatnots, go there. Um, and also check out Zen Monster Media. It is a site, well not a site, but they're a seller of uh, comic books, movies, books and stuff like that just all sorts of old school retro stuff and they are on amazon and ebay all right let's jump into the episode all right avery did you uh did you go see it black panther of course i went to go see it i saw it twice (laughs) i am claustrophobic i can't be around people (laughs) so i'll get to wait a while but I'm assuming since you saw it twice, it was totally worth it. I saw it twice. As a matter of fact, let me see. Um, I saw Black Panther twice, and then while I was on my second outing, I decided to go watch Star Wars. Any uh, any like special trailers before Black Panther that you know I should be primed for? There was one. There was one trailer that I saw that kind of I'm on the fence about. Um, the first time I saw it, I, I thought you know that's kind of interesting concept. And then after that, I'm just like, I'm really confused as to where this is. Ready Player One um, was the thing that caught me off though. Because the first time I saw it, I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, you know, that's a that's an interesting concept. It's nothing new, but you know, it's an interesting twist on the whole virtual reality, dystopia future, whatever. With a mix of video games. Um, when I saw the second trailer, they had tracer from overwatch they had the iron giant and they also had um uh one of the gundams in the trailer huh. and 
I'm just sitting here like, so that's what kind of movie this movie. <laughs> it it seems like a nostalgia piece, which we're kind of drowning in right now. I didn't even realize it till the other day, where um, it feels like so much of our product that we're seeing now, especially like on especially streaming places like Netflix, it's all these retro shows, all this stuff geared towards um, your youth. And, and not, not not in the same way that like the way they've adapted comic book properties from our youth into live action. I'm just talking stuff that is purposely. Uh, oh, this is a movie made now, but it's supposed to look like it was made in 1986. It has like a synth score, you know, and it doesn't have anything modern in it. And it, it just seems like we're kind of overwhelmed with that retro stuff. That's what Ready Player One, I think, is in danger of doing. First off, it's basically the plot of what was supposed to be Tron 3. <laughs> so I have a problem with that. But yeah, it just seems like a nostalgia piece. And, and it's funny you bring up Tron because I was definitely thinking, I was like, you know what? This is like, I guess it's the, this is their modern day Tron. And I would say that even though there is another Tron, um, it just, I don't know, it just didn't have a, it didn't stick. The, the, the reboot didn't stick. If it did stick, we will be on Tron 6 right now. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I think it's better <laughs> than the original, but... You know, Tron 3 was ready to go. They were in pre-production. They looked and said, we don't have a room. I don't, there's no room on our schedule at all. We have all these Marvel movies and, and uh, Star Wars movies. We've got nothing, no space. So they just canceled Tron 3, which no. I think is a bummer. And then, um, let me see. Besides that, I will say the one thing that caught me off was a trailer for the movie called Mortal Engine. I don't know that um, Now, when I saw it, what happened was, it was like, you know, the same thing, dystopian future. However, the twist is that all the cities are mobile. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. And, and the way that cities get resources is by eating the smaller city. <laughs> that is crazy. Is that based on a book or a comic or something? Or is that just an original that, idea? That is actually based off of a book or a comic. What is it? I forgot which one it was. I'll look it up. But um, it's a novel. It was a novel. Okay. And Pete, Peter Jackson is directing. So I, I have high hopes for it. Oh, no really shit, yeah. It. It's been a while since he did anything that wasn't Lord of the Rings related. <laughs> uh, and it's sad. It's just like that's pretty much all he'll be known for, even though he's um, he's done a lot of work. Yeah. He's uh, definitely done a lot of work. The, um, I just finished watching the Punisher series on Netflix. I know. I'm a year behind. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I don't get it. I don't, I, everybody's crazy about it, and I was just like – uh, why is this still going? This is 13 episodes because you needed 13 episodes because the story seems like it wrapped itself up at 10. And I got to tell you, Punisher is getting the fuck beat out of him every other episode to the point where he's nearly dead. And, oh, five minutes later, he's fine. It doesn't make any sense to me. He doesn't have superpowers. <laughs> he, he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't. Have, it's him by himself. He has no kind of team at all. Um I wasn't really interested in The Punisher. Like, I know it's on Netflix, and I know everybody's going crazy about it, but I still have to watch. I still have to watch Jessica Jones. I still have to watch Luke Cage. After watching a couple episodes of Daredevil, I'm into it. Like, I, I love the Netflix um, series that they have for Marvel, even though uh, Iron Fist was pretty bad. <laughs> I feel like there is um, – well, I like the first episode of Iron Fist. I haven't got further, but so far I like it. That's my problem is that I'm watching them completely out of order. But um, there's so many Marvel series now 
and we're not even talking about the DC, which is more uh, you know up front on the WB. I feel like every network has a, a Marvel show going now, and I'm like, hey, wait, the Runaways? When, wait, hold on, the, the, we got a Cloak and Dagger series coming. Wait, hold on, you, 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 the season four <laughs> of what show? Ah, I'm 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 waiting till it all comes out before I even take even try it. It's it's too much. It's it's meaty. Um, I'm not upset. It's just it's a lot going on. I'm really just right now. My main focus is just the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the comics. That, those are just my two biggest areas. I mean, Netflix will come, Netflix will go, but I'm pretty sure I can find those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we there was a time when it was just Smallville was the only thing on television, and and you had maybe a Fantastic Four movie in theaters, and that was it. You had to wait, and now it's just like I don't, I know exactly what's coming up for the next four years. You, and and I think that's one of the things that I do like about it because Marvel doesn't hide its hand. It tells you, hey, in 2018, we're doing this. And in 2019, we're doing this. In 2020, we got this. And people knew about Infinity War, you know, years ago. They told us. It wasn't anything that you had to go looking for because I think they know the audience. They knew it was leading up to something. So it's just like, why why even lie? Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> Whereas DC's like, Which is we're it. not sure. We, we think this is what's coming. <laughs> oh, man. Um and then going back to DC, like I, I, ever since I started working on the show, I'm getting deeper and deeper into DC. So it hurts to go see a Marvel film and then see DC try to scrap something together to put it together. Like Black Panther is at five hundred million dollars. Oh, that's heavy. Has... Tomorrow will be no, no. Tonight is the full week. That's crazy. Yeah, tonight has been a full week. And the thing is, um, it's opening night numbers compared to the opening night numbers for Justice League are crazy. The fact that you have one superhero versus six and six can do the work of one, that, that hurts. <laughs> well, I think the smart part is that Marvel does launch with the single hero. So you get used to them, you know them, you, and when they get together, you don't need their backstory, which was the problem with Justice League is that all of a sudden everybody needs to, okay, yo, I got it. You know, we know who the Flash are, but get, I guess my mother doesn't know who the Flash is. So, you, okay, just tell us the origin stories. <laughs> the, the funny thing is right now I'm looking at the box office numbers for Justice League came up to six. Hundred and fifty-seven million dollars total worldwide. And that's that's his total worldwide box office. Um, Black Panther with ne by next week will meet that and exceed that, <laughs> and that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think as, it's perfect that it came out this year because it's the twentieth anniversary of Blade, basically launching the Marvel universe, like legit launch, not like that straight to video bullshit that came before it with like Captain America, Fantastic Four, and. Uh, I, here, here's the here's the other thing. I um oh man, um I, I have some I have some things to say, but I'm not sure if this is the time for them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead, and if I go too far, just stop me. Um, I'm glad that there is a Black Panther film. I know what it represents, and I hope to see more movies like this in the future. Um, however, we are not dissing, as a lot of people would say. We are not disrespecting the originator of Blade. Blade had his time. Blade came. Blade went. Blade had three movies, I think, or four. Three, now, three four movies, movies and a TV show. Three movies, a TV show, and a cartoon, I believe. Didn't right. Blade have a cartoon? I forgot about it. It was one of those motion comics that they did, I believe. Blade had a cartoon. 
Yeah, Blade had a cartoon. So oh, okay. you we we can't say that people forgot about Blade when there's been three Blade movies and an anime. So right, X Men oh. would not be a thing without Blade. It, it there would be no going forward with the Marvel Universe. I think at least at a decent budget. You you know what that you know what that sounds like. It sounds like when you have let's say we have a new rapper come out and he sounds good, he sounds great, and then everybody's just like, he ain't that great because don't forget about Tupac. Nobody forgot about Tupac. No, <laughs> it's there. It, this, but this is the next level. Think about it. Blade only costs forty million dollars. Black Panther is a two hundred million dollar budget. That is a major studio putting massive amount of money and time uh, into this project. Exactly, and it's just. I, I, I love the evolution of it. We're not looking at anybody. We're not looking at fans dissing this. We're looking at fans evolving. We're looking at studio evolving. I mean, we like you said, we went from a forty million dollar budget to a two hundred million dollar budget. We, we're looking at a bigger, grander scale. This is Blade isn't Blade could only last three movies. Black Panther, the way that Marvel has been doing the movies now, Black Panther can go on for the next six movies and have a tie-in with anybody else now. right well they're talking that now that they own the marvel or the uh, fox x-men movies of trying to bring storm into her own solo film and that's connected if... to well in, in that storyline with i think reginald hudlin wrote the storyline where it's uh aurora and uh t'challa get married i would like to i would like to see that um honestly i think the only thing i think the only thing about the black panther launch that kind of like irked me a little bit was the the level of people who have no idea <laughs> about Black Panther or about Marvel movies, and it's just like you want to hold them by the hand and be like, just, just, we're, we're gonna show you something. We're, we're gonna show. You. When I went both times, people left Why? before, like people left, like after the movie was done, they didn't see the extra scene. Oh, I see. Like, they didn't know Marvel <laughs> movies. That's that's how it's been for a decade. Come on. It's been 10 that's, years now. Get used to this. Like, people left. I'm like, yo, y'all don't know? This is opening night, so I know you didn't see the scenes. Yeah, well, this it's just like, night. I feel like it should be against the law now not to go tell them. Like, okay, someone look out for these two. They, they need to be brought back mm -hmm. in here. And they, had, and they had two different scenes. And it, it's like one before the – it's one before the um, – one before the um, um, credits, and then one after the credits, and I'm just like both were definitely needed. Um, and, and I'm just like, you, you guys have never watched a Marvel film, and it's just like I'm not, I'm, I don't want to kick you out of Nerd Coach. I want to bring you in. I want to show you, and I want to, you know, we, I want to go over these things with you because I want you, because I want the next thing to be even bigger, and I want the next movie to be bigger. And I'm not just talking about in regards to Black Panther. I'm just talking about in regards to Marvel itself. I mean. The actors that we're getting, they're not they're not your typical actors anymore. These people aren't like, you know, oh, I went to this acting school and did this and this and this. These are fans just like this. Um, Michael B. Jordan, is, he played it. Um, he, he was in Black Panther. He played Killmonger. He is actually one of the biggest nerds there. He wants to go to Japan. He's a huge anime fan. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean that's crazy that we're not getting we're not getting like stagnant actors we're getting actors that actually have a passion behind the films that they want to put out. Um, what was it? Hugo Weaving, the the guy that played um, I believe Hugo Weaving. He played Red Skull, Megatron. Oh, oh, he right. played Megatron. He played Elrond. 
right? And these are like two pivotal roles in nerd culture. And he pretty much just walked in, said his lines, and left. He was like, I have no idea what I'm reading. I have no idea what's going on. But I like this check. <laughs> yeah, that's the embarrassing part. Is you know, you used to read when someone was preparing for a movie, and they're like, "Well, I have never read these before, so I decided before production started." I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You have to understand the character before. You... Why didn't your agent like send you over some you know basic comics, the origin story, and, and before you audition, so you got a better grasp?" I think I think auditions now are just more like, um, "All right, you're auditioning for the part of Spider Man." He's like, "I've read Spider Man." since 1977 and i know this this and this and this i'm not even gonna read the lines i'm just gonna ask me questions i'm gonna know the answer <laughs> i know this world <laughs> um the black but, panther movie was there an origin story or did they skip that there it's it's more of the okay so he was introduced in civil war um and they kind of just went from there a little bit like they just took off from there it's not more like hi, you know, this is T'Challa as a kid, and now I'm T'Challa as an adult. It was more like, um, this is what happened in Civil War, and we're going to start right from there. And okay. that's good, because yeah. I, I, I don't think, I know it's going to sound weird, but I don't think that it, in the way that they did the movie, the way that they presented the movie, I don't think that we really need a huge origin story on Black Panther. Um, not the, like the way that it was presented, and I don't want to spoil anything. It was perfect in its way of not having this be his grandiose, you know, rise to power and why I'm in power and all this other stuff. Like there, there, he, he, it, it just exists. It's a continuation. That's a good idea. So in the comics, uh, there's of course the the Kirby run, which I'm not a huge fan of Kirby, which sounds like sacrilege in comics, and I've gotten a lot of shit for it. I never read any of that, and I didn't really read much of the Fantastic Four run. The first thing that I experienced was the Marvel Knights, the 1998 relaunch of Black Panther, where they redesigned his costume to look a little more current, um, and that was Christopher Priest's run, which I really enjoyed. Um, but the one I really dug into, and I also just watched the animated version of it, uh, was the series by Reginald Hudlin where he goes back to his very beginnings. And I thought that was fascinating. So if you want to know the origin, since they don't really explain the movie, I would say read that chunk of his, of the Black Panther. It, now, and that was, that was one of the things I did want to point out because it was, I, I think, it, the way that it was handled. More people are going to be interested in less about himself and more about everything surrounding him because um this is one of my favorite comic book movies because they took elements not just tiny elements not just easter eggs from the comics they actually took elements of the comics and put it into the movie and made it part of the movie which was fantastic um no spoilers i'm trying so hard <laughs> no, it's okay um so have you been reading the current run I, I i'm not sure i'm gonna say the name right but is it tahisi coats i have not actually picked up on the current run of it yet it's and so I'm actually... yeah this is so critically acclaimed but i'm bored out of my mind <laughs> what's what what uh what, <laughs> what seems to be the problem with it man? um it's because it's so okay this makes me sound like an ignorant boob but it's so literate that it's so dialogue heavy and so political heavy, but not in 
I'm I just love my comic book adventures, man. I does I'm not a it feels more like a vertigo comic, you know, the way DC had that mature line. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm too immature for this. I'm not having any fun reading this. <laughs> it's really smart. I just, I just can't get into it. I, I, I feel you. It's, it's the same reception we got when they got the, the all new, all different Marvel, where it's like we're focusing less on the superheroes and more of the, you know, the political climate. And that's fine. I'm not really against that, but my comics are my way of escape. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like I, I love to see, like don't don't here's here's what I'm saying. We have Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is Muslim. I don't mind that at all. That's that's great. But don't make her whole thing be Muslim. Don't make the whole thing be the the fact that I'm Muslim and here's my struggles. More like, hey, I'm representation, so that some little so some little Muslim girl anywhere can read this and be like, I want to be Miss Marvel. So, like I said, with Miss Marvel, um, I love the fact that she is Muslim, and I don't think that the entire story should surround the fact that I'm Muslim and here's my struggles. I think it should be more like, hi, I'm Miss Marvel, I kick ass, and I'm also Muslim. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nice that the comics have really expanded. It's so strange that white people are, like, some white people, I shouldn't, I mean, I'm, I'm white, um, that uh, are afraid of this change. There can be an argument made for taking a character and just changing it for, uh, like you know, like uh, how they did with Thor. They just made it a, a female, whatever. And then, um, you know, like Michelle Rodriguez had the argument. It's like, well, how about you just create new, compelling characters that just happen to be of different color or different r- religion or a different sex instead of constantly changing the heroes you already know? But I'm like, well, I mean, we did it with white people to white people. I mean, we did it from Kyle Rayner from uh, uh, Hal Jordan, you know, Wally West from Barry Allen. So it's just a natural yeah. progress. So how about this time we did – well, like with Blue Beetle. You know, they did it to Jamie uh, Reyes, you know, instead of Ted Kord. I, I, I don't understand it, why the fanboys freak out. And they, and they freak out because they're like, oh, I've heard – I literally heard this at work. Black Panther. Oh, there's only two white guys in this. There would be a whole bunch of bitching if it was all white guys and only two black guys. They go, you're talking about every movie ever made for the last century. Shut up. That's every movie I mean, other than – my thing is this it's just like we sit here we talk about all the magic and mysticism and everything and just like and all this magic and mysticism you couldn't include one black guy <laughs> crazy this this in this world of flying dragons and not one black guy well it's norse mythology well there's a there's a fucking dragon in it yeah it's also <laughs> fiction we can do whatever we want with it you know jeez it's, it's it's not it's it's not real like that's my favorite thing to tell people is just like yo like you really lose your shit if boom you're watching your you're watching your norse mythology um based fantasy and a black guy this is not canon this is not real i do not <laughs> like this <laughs> oh my <God>. okay <laughs> um I mean, I understand that sometimes that's a set piece, and I'm not. I'm not sitting here and begging for you know, hey, the Witcher should have a black guy. No, I understand the set piece of it. However, uh, you also have well, it's like you know, the Elder Scrolls. The Elder Scrolls has a lizard and a cat and an orc and a black guy and several white people and elves. Like, I think that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you can't. It's just strange. That- I think I think I'm gonna say something that probably everybody already knows and just doesn't want to discuss it. I think some people are afraid, 
and part of it's nostalgia. They're afraid of change. It's like it just up. It, oh, what it is, I think, is a loss of youth. They're getting older. Oh God, the things that have gone by that are you know the you know they're no longer around. Oh, video stores, I miss them. You know, and stuff like that. It's just like get over it. Time progresses. You have your small chunk of time where you're like the pivotal group that changes the world, and then after that, you just move on. Just deal with it. And then not only that, it's just like people sit here and talk about I miss Blockbuster. I miss this. Yo, I was there with Blockbuster. Like, I remember, I remember, like, hey, Dad, can we go, you know, down to Blockbuster on Friday night to go rent a game? It's just like, can you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't have enough money this week. It's 10 bucks. It's no big. Now my dad pays $10 a month. And, hey, Dad, yo, hey, let's uh, let's watch a movie. We got Netflix. Do you really, like, people think that this, this, this want it now, get it now mentality is just strong enough. I'm like, no. We have Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to return it. I don't have to worry about, oh, God, 6 o'clock's coming. It's due. I got to hurry up and finish this. That kind of bullshit. Or, or CDs. I, People are mad that there's no more CDs. I'm like, uh, you can stream every album ever made on Pandora or Rhapsody or something for 9 bucks a month. It just, I, how, how can you <laughs> rationalize that? I couldn't even like I can't figure out this old like like people in their fifties and sixties when you're humming a song that they grew up with. What you know about that? Well, you know, there's this thing called Google. <laughs> I know you I know you haven't heard of it because you flip out every time, you know, the fax machine turns on. So like, what's good, grandma? <laughs> fax machine? Who has a it's like the same person who has a beeper. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, this little thing called Google, and I'm not even going to, like, continue on with that conversation because it's like, hey, um, just because it came out in the 60s doesn't mean it was supposed to be enjoyed in the 60s by you and your set little group of friends. Like, anybody can enjoy this. And I think that's the part that people have to come to grips to is that anybody can enjoy it. However, I say that very, very... um, very meaningfully because the fans can definitely fuck up some shit (laughs) man every time you think you're getting one step ahead with a new character it gets derailed because of nostalgia and i think a lot of the problem is that younger audiences are not reading comic books like you know i would say probably 75 percent of all comics sold today are sold to people over 25 i don't feel like there's a younger audience keeping it alive and a hit now is like if it gets over a hundred thousand in sales instead of the way it used to be where it was like 500 700,000. However, there is one thing that I do like. There is there is comic book influences everywhere. So that kid that is 5 years old who doesn't read comics, guess what? He turns on his TV and Iron Man's on TV. And they got a they got a they got a whole Iron Man cartoon just for 5 to 10 year olds. And then that kid that's 13, 14, they got a whole another um Marvel cartoon for him. And then for me they have the movies and the comics. So it's like, no matter what you're doing, no matter how old you are, there is that medium and everybody needs it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the next generation is explored in this new Nova series that you recommended. I, I didn't. I almost got the wrong thing. I almost got the original run, The Essentials, um, because you said a man mm-hmm. called Nova. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. I have never read Nova. I mean, this, this is literally the first time I know of the character. I know him from the new Warriors, because he was part of that team forever. And I know him, of course, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Other than that, I know nothing. So I'm not locked into the original Nova, Richard Ryder, which I think was the Nova for, what, 25, 30 years? Yes. Um, the, the reason, one of the reasons I did pick Nova, to start with, is because Nova is one of those few comics that 
literally bridges a generational gap. Um, you see Nova converse with old comic book, um, you know, characters and new comic book characters. Um, like in this comic right here, we see Rocket. Rocket's new. Rocket's, you know, Rocket had, wasn't there in the 60s. You know, I think it was like eighty two nice. or something like that was when he was introduced. But he was still such. The Guardians of the Galaxy in general are all very like almost Z level characters until just a few years ago. It's just like nobody exactly. really knew them. It, the other reason is because Nova definitely is one of the, I will say, one of the bridge characters to the Marvel universe. Um, what I mean by that is you can pick up a Nova comic and you have. Guardians of the Galaxy, but you also have um, you also have the Watcher, or you also have um, Galactus, or you also have you know you have Big Man, you have Behind, you have you have heroes and villains that nobody's even heard of. You know? People that and, and that's one that's one of the reasons I enjoy the Nova comics because it's just like I don't know what to read next. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this. Well, yeah, and it also opens up a whole new genre, and, you know, most people do not read the space comics. During the late 70s, early 80s, because of the Star Wars craze, space comics became huge, but it was such a short-lived thing. I mean, all those kind of um, fads are, like, three or four years at most in every comic book world. You know, there's that era of the horror comics, uh, uh, the space comics, the revival of, like, the old detective noir stuff in the 80s. And then they became like the extreme, the dark heroes and stuff like that. And, and space was such a small and, chunk of time. And I know that it kind of had a revival with, what was it, Annihilation was the big miniseries that kind of brought everybody to the forefront? That was it. That was the one. Um, from there, like I said, we, we get, it's like, it, it's perfect. It's literally one of the perfect stories. It's literally one of the perfect characters. Because, like I said, you you don't just get a bridge between generations. You get a bridge between old and new. You get a bridge between um. You get a bridge between every comic book character that you could want to imagine. Because if you read this guy, you're gonna learn about this guy, and you're gonna go from um. And then, like you said, with the annihilation, they definitely you know it came full circle. Like not only that, with um. Annihilation, he gets inducted, uh, you know, he gets to actually be at the forefront. He gets to work with Iron Man afterwards. He gets to work with uh, Captain America. Um, that This is what I've always wanted, especially, like, with these small-time people who's had a really, you know, big run from the back, and they're never up to the forefront. <laughs> And well, this, is, this is also rebooting the character for a whole new generation. Richard Ryder, apparently he died, and I don't, I don't know what happened there, but uh, making it almost like a Peter Parker, this felt as if they were going to make a companion piece to Spider-Man Homecoming for Nova. This is what it would be. It's very cinematic. It makes it based you know, on a teenager who's just learning his powers, and it's very... It's very streamlined. It's not stupid. I'm not gonna. That's not what I'm saying when it's streamlined. But there's no excess dialogue. There's nothing that you do not need. It's very yeah. It's very um, not in a bad way, say, but it's very flat. Yeah, like, it's it's got... it's almost like a screenplay, and it makes sense because Jeff Loeb, the guy who wrote this, started off as a screenwriter. He wrote uh, of all things Teen Wolf and Commando. <laughs> He uh, he also had his hand in one of my favorite shows that people still love to hate to this day, and that's Heroes. But that's neither here nor there. 
Uh, Heroes, I remember <laughs> kind of like um, season two wasn't as good as season one. And I just didn't continue with season three. I just I feel like they should have kept those characters <laughs> dead after season one. That's all. That's and, and you know what? I, I'm, <laughs> that's a whole. I, I I think we just need a whole episode just 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 to ruminate and talk about heroes. But that's that's another story for them. Okay. Because I I will say this though. Um, just bringing this up briefly, I do want to say that the the show heroes definitely was one of those major factors to push big you know big name superheroes back to the forefront of tv yeah and putting real because, money into it as well because it was always yeah, a real... low budget canadian made affair um i mean still a lot of them are made in canada but they put more money into mm -hmm. it because they know that yes there's a big audience in the initial run but guess what now we have streaming services, we have DVD at home. People still do buy the DVD and Blu-ray collections of these specific shows. And, and, and that's one of the, that, that is one of the things I do. Like, people are still out here buying that. Um, the, the other major thing from Heroes is, um, <laughs> you know what, let me see. Let me, let me actually see. One of the things that I did want to bring up with him was... He's had his hand, like you said, he's had his hand in a lot of things. Uh, we did the Batman uh, versus Superman as well, too. I believe one of the, which one was it? It was actually the Batman and Superman, World's Finest comics. And I believe I said this before, but World's Finest, when you have Batman and Superman teamed up, they go out and they're the ones kicking ass together. Uh, those, that's what gets initially got me to say okay you know what dc might actually be on something here <laughs> um definitely had his hand in a couple of those issues as well the uh the artist on this ed mcginnis is a uh, genius at doing these big fun uh almost car cartoony quality uh art you know and then the big action sequences they're larger than life and, and the first time i had seen him was on the uh, deadpool series but I think most people know him when he went on to Superman, and he was basically just just big blocks of meat, <laughs> <laughs> blocky and square. Um, with now with the issue, with the issue, I, I actually read through the entire volume one of it. Um, like you said, the art that's presented to you, the text is very A to B. However, the art in there is very. It's bright. It's 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 it takes up the entire two pages that you have. It takes up a page or it takes up two pages. And you're looking at one set, you know, one one scene or one page. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, I have the physical copy and I also have the digital copy. And I looked at the digital copy just, you know, just for the shits and giggles of it. When it's compressed down onto like your on my iPad, I have a 10 inch. It looks phenomenal. It looks like somebody came through, drew on my iPad, and just said, "Leave it there." <laughs> <laughs> it it looks great. Like the art direction for the entire um, Nova reboot is phenomenal. So this is from three, four years ago. Is is this still the Nova that we know, or has Richard Ryder come back and he's been replaced? Which is also a curse of. All these like reboots, or when they add a new hero, the old one always comes back and kind of makes the other one disappear. Currently, he, I believe he still is the Nova, but I will not spoil any further 
Okay. Yeah, I feel like this should be a movie. There is... There's still so much untapped heroes in the Marvel Universe that uh, I feel like after 2020 that they should start exploring. Moon Knight, uh, Nova... Um, trying to think of some others that uh it'd be kind of cool if they went into the horror realm because they have a lot of darker characters that they haven't explored they could probably do that after the whole uh netflix uh, marvel heroes i still don't understand why they call it defenders they're not defenders they're heroes for hire uh, or marvel knights <laughs> um but i feel like there's all they could do some horror series like tomb of dracula werewolf by night brother voodoo stuff like that you know, one thing one thing that I would like to see in Marvel is the introduction of the Beyonders and also the Kree. Well, they <laughs> did we kind of get... introduce Oh wait, you said the Beyonders. Never mind, I was thinking of something else. Who are the Watchers? I was thinking of the Watchers. Yeah, the Beyonder, man. They got the Woo, if they bring that they in. Got the, they got the Watcher. And and I like that they didn't just include, you know, just the one they have all they have I think now, let me see, there has been four on screen. Canon uh, speaking, um, but if they brought in the entire race of the Beyonders, if they brought in the Kree, if they brought in, um, I want to see. Well, they actually did bring in the Kree, but they they're not as. I just realized that uh, Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. If they brought in like the the I don't know like the Kree as they are comics and not like this bumbling race of idiots that they are in the movie <laughs> um i that's what i'm actually waiting yeah i just try um, to think of what well, other heroes that they haven't explored yet that they should i mean there's there's there also is a point where you have to say well this isn't movie worthy what i'm worried is that like 10 years down the road they're gonna relaunch captain america thor hawk and everything and it's just like oh great now it's like this the amazing spider-man 2 curse you know it's like oh are we gonna have to go through another origin again Maybe, I mean, maybe they'll do it with, you know, like they do with the comic books where it's just like, hey, you know, um, here's a skin off of Captain America. Or here's Captain America, but now he's not Captain America. It's Falcon asking. That, that would be an excellent. Who, who do you think is going to die in Infinity War? Infinity War, who will die? I am putting my bets on. My biggest bet right now is Captain America. Um, and I will say that he will be, he will probably die saving Buck. I think it's going to be Iron Man and Cap. Iron Man's too expensive. Yeah. Plus, he's just—he's now at that point where I think we're, people are starting to get a little tired of him. And Captain America—it's just that one of those redeeming noble deaths. You know, he I mean, technically, in a way, he should have died a long time ago, but um, you know, because of age. So it's—I uh, think those two are gone. <laughs> How are you going to erase all the old Avengers? Are they going to re just—is that what they're going to do? They're going to replace all the old ones with the new ones? Is it just going to be everybody who's had a movie in the last couple of years? I think because here's the if we did have a new Avengers because they are working on I know they're working on a Miss Marvel which is awesome. Um, she's green though. I don't know what the heck that is about. That's um, strange. Yep. <laughs> they uh, they dropped some of the um, they dropped some pictures from the productions and she's green instead of her traditional red blue you know with some gold accent. That's okay though. We'll see what the thing is. Um, but. I want to see if they are going to kill off the, um, if they are going to kill off Tony Stark. Let's say they kill off um, Captain America. We know that they're going to let go of the Avenger line. So I want to know who they're going to have as Avengers. I already know that Black Panther will be there. Um, there's a strong possibility that we'll still have, we'll have Falcon as Captain America. Doctor Strange. And, and Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. <laughs> 
actually invited to the table and um maybe maybe we can get fantastic what about ant-man you think he'll ever join the avengers it's always kind of an outsider huh? yeah yeah i i, I will I, I can see him you know being stoked about it like whoa you know i'll definitely do it but like i don't want to do it right well they have vision yeah. scarlet witch which they haven't really explored that much and then i don't and let me see so with that we might probably lose vision as well too maybe well in the vision never really seems to die it's a, it's a, the red tornado curse over in the dc universe every six months they kill red tornado off but he's a cyborg so they just rebuild him like it's nothing same thing with cyborg from the teen titans and justice league says they're always just destroying him and bringing him right back it doesn't have the same weight yeah it doesn't because i, I think what that is one of the things that the Marvel Universe does need. We do need a heavy-hitting death. We don't need some small-time, oh, he killed... Hawkeye. You know, Everybody yeah. wants Hawkeye to die. But I gotta tell you, I love Hawkeye. I think he's great. I love Hawkeye. Like, he, he's great. He's a great character. It's just like, he doesn't have superpowers. It's like, okay, Hawkeye doesn't have superpowers. You know, theoretically, um, you could spin them off. I mean, that's what they did in the comics. <laughs> there's, there's the regular Avengers and there's West Coast Avengers. And, and Black Widow and Hawkeye clearly work well together. And they could do more like covert operations. Theirs could be like a Mission Impossible, but in the Marvel world, whereas the other ones take on the big adventures, the intergalactic, the uh, uh, all around the world kind of stuff. You know, the big, big villains. Let my man be great. <laughs> I, I mean, y'all people give all guys so much. I'm just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, missing from it, they haven't explored from the Avengers world, is uh, Wonder Man and Hercules, who were two reoccurring. Like, you know, they were in it for quite a bit. And I feel like there was someone else. There was a female that was in there for a long time. Oh, uh, uh, Tigra? Ty uh, crap. She was. She looked like a tiger. I can't remember her name. I think it was Tigra. Um... Orange? Black? She was in the Avengers for a long time. But, oh, and there's Mockingbird. <laughs> Mockingbird was uh, Hawkeye's lady for a long time. There we go. Now, here's here's one thing that somebody did bring up to me, and I did not consider this. But imagine that they brought in Namor, the Submariner. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've been reading the comic because uh, an upcoming episode's about the Aquaman comics in the 90s, as well as Submariner, like a versus kind of thing. Submariner sucks. <laughs> Submariner is one of the like, worst comics I've ever read. It's so terrible. It, because they, they definitely, somebody definitely said, you know what, there's Black Panther. And since there's Black Panther, you have to have Namor. It's like, you know what? You're right. You have to, like, we have to get Namor here now. Because now that we have Black Panther, we have to have, you know, his his um, his part-time villain. <laughs> yeah. He's hard to figure out because he's a villain half the time. I mean, Aquaman's been tough as nails. And sometimes he's not cooperative with the team. But he's never been a villain. Submariner is going to be a hard one to figure out. You know, at first he's going to have to be villainous, and then eventually comes around to the right side. And I mean, just could you imagine that fight? That oh man, I'm sorry, you have not seen Black Panther, but the stunts. Okay, right the, there, the, the, right there. What is that? <laughs> That's what you're doing. That's the clicky. I got nothing. Right Fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I hit my, my leg. Hang on. Anything? That, yeah, that was insane. Was that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. All right. I think I figured it out. It is my table. It is my table. I'm yeah, that's what we said last me. time. You figured out it was your table is shaking back and forth. Let me try something. <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, I don't know about Submariner. That seems like a hard one to do. But uh, we're kind of getting to the end of this episode. Uh, so I suggest definitely reading... Uh, I would prefer like maybe the Christopher Priest run of the Black Panther. But definitely check out this new Nova. Uh, the origin storyline is one of the best things I've read. I've had so much fun reading it. And like I said, it's the art pops. The dialogue is not wasted. Um, and then not only that, it's, it's a very good... Uh, Oh man, I hate saying this, but there's no other way to describe it. It's a great coming of age story. <laughs> <laughs> la la la, one to grow on. <laughs> All right. more you know. So before we end this episode, what are you reading right now? Right now, at this moment, somebody sent me some comics in the mail. Who's so that me? I got, oh, I might have, might have not gotten into Alphabet. I will not. I will neither confirm nor deny. Did I send you? <laughs> did I send you Alpha Flight? Oh, right, Omega Flight or something like that. It's that's right. I forgot. That's the yeah. weird version of it. You sent me one of them, so I'm definitely looking to that. I'm definitely. And what I did was I went back, like all the way back, and I, I'm reading through the decades as far as Alpha Flight goes. Um, <laughs> it's a very weird yet very interesting. Like I will not like interesting as in this is picture you know i will continue to read it. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. yeah it's uh chris claremont spun it out of x-men and in the beginnings when he was in full control it was uh kind of a horror story there's a lot of weird mysticism and and, and really dark stuff in there and then slowly as the series expanded it, it you know started grabbing more like generic superhero stuff uh it lasted i think for a decade and it's suffered ever since because every time they go to relaunch it they don't have that core group that you love and it only lasts like maybe a year or two at best. And it's kind of a shame because it's, it's weird that Canada really has no comic book market at all. They had Alpha Flight and Captain Canuck. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is... So with that, let me see. Besides the Alpha Flight, just like kind of browsing through the decades, um, I went back and I'm actually picking up on the original Guardians of the nice i uh i picked up the star lord uh the collection that marvel put together a couple years ago where uh they would grab like they grab the rocket raccoon stories and gather them up and star lord and um it's really fascinating because it started off more as like a mature title like a a black and white and then slowly evolved into something else so i have that going but i'm also reading the essential punisher um and it's fucking terrible I didn't. I didn't realize that the Punisher was such a god awful character. And what I've noticed is that the, uh, like the, I, don't, I hate putting it in this category, but it seems like kind of like uh, the right wing guys are always wearing Punisher shirts and throwing Punisher on their co- uh, their cars and their trucks and stuff like that. They like almost fetishize this guy who's basically a sociopath. I mean, the the, the Netflix series plays him a little bit different. So do the movies. But in the comics, man, he is not a hero in any way whatsoever. He is a Republican fantasy during the 80s of just shooting all the criminals. Oddly enough, a lot of them were minorities. Huh. Figure that one out. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, it's. I'm reading it, and it's fucking painful. I, I'm glad I only paid a few bucks for it. <laughs> I um, after, after watching the original, the original Punisher, I'm just like, I get it. Okay. He's a guy with guns, and yeah, all right. Yeah, it wasn't until, uh, crap, who is it that wrote, uh, Garth Ennis. When Garth Ennis took over Punisher as a relaunch in the uh, 
early 2000s now that is a great series because it knows it's demented it knows that it's all complete and absolute insanity and that's the fun part there's no like fetishizing just killing um you know people who just deal drugs you know instead of sending them to jail uh that's a great run and then ghost rider should get together <laughs> yeah oh, you know what's funny is there was a uh marvel knights series for the punisher where he was dead and they brought him back as like the vengeance, the way you know Ghost Rider was. He had like these uh -huh. weird like phantom guns that weren't really there that he would just like bring into reality, and he was a zombie just going around killing. And then um, the the writing was great, the art was phenomenal, and then um, fans hated it. They hated it so fucking much. They hated it more than when they turned Punisher into a black guy. Do you know about this? This is the most insane <laughs> thing. He had like fucking tasteless you know, like. They, 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 the Punisher was a black guy. Yes, they. I remember this around '93. He had a fuck. I can't even believe I'm saying these words. It's like essentially blackface. Like I think if I remember correctly, they dyed his skin or something insane. And it's just that was that moment where all of comic books just hit the fucking fan. It was god awful. I gotta show you this later. Oh my goodness! I'm looking at it now. This is. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, and this is also when they decided that they're going to make Luke Cage street. Like he wasn't, ugh. And then they gave him like a gold tooth and fucking brass knuckles. Oh god, the nineties are so goddamn embarrassing. <laughs> he has blue eyes still. <laughs> oh, and and then they turned oh. Nomad, Nomad, who was like a replacement Bucky, into a badass who carries around a baby and a shotgun. He's got long hair and a beard, man. And these 90s X-Men glasses. The 90s, dude, seriously, for like five years there, it was complete and absolute hell. <laughs> one one thing one thing I will say, um, my favorite thing about Black Panther was when Black Panther was first introduced, um, somebody said there's not enough white people in these comics. So the next issue had Black Panther killing the KKK. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. It's like... Is that enough for you? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I feel like the Nazis and the KKK aren't getting their asses handed to them too much. And I bet you, I guarantee you that the reason is, oh, well, we lose half our market because, you know, we don't want to lose the South. I'm like, do you think the KKK and white supremacists are only in the South? Have you been to Idaho? Eh. Can they even read? <laughs> yeah, but also, show some fucking balls then, you know? Just, like, stand up and say these things aren't right instead of worrying about your bottom line. I'm, I'm, look, man, I'm, I, I try not to get too political here, but I will say I am pro-punching Nazis in the face. <laughs> I think most of the world is. It's just a small population that isn't. Um, I, I do. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So if it ever makes you uncomfortable, just like just like go time out, and then you know we'll just cut it. But yeah, I just I've always worn my uh, politics on my sleeve, and just right now it's just getting really stressing me out. It's like just look if you don't like the fact that Black Panther exists, go watch another fucking movie. I mean, just Jesus, and do your homework. Any any movie. Yeah, they're, it's, it's they're not dumb. like they're, they're like oh well, this is responsible. You know, it's a love letter to the '70s militant gang. I was like, no, dummy, that's that's not how it works. The Black Panther was created in 1968, I think. <laughs> so now, I mean, if, if we're really gonna get into it, the Black Panther movement invites anybody of any race and background. So I mean, are we really? What? <laughs> yeah, do your homework, kids. Stay in school. There's stay in school. Don't do drugs. Read Until comics later. Read comics. <laughs> Read comics. <laughs>
All right, so that brings <laughs> us to the end of this episode. Uh, check us out on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment, and um, check out your group, Outer Heaven. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's fun. It's... And talk about absolutely nothing and everything. <laughs> Here's the thing is I still at times scratch my head. I'm like, I have, I'm too old. I'm too old. I don't understand what you guys are talking about at all. I feel so old sometimes. And like, oh, no, I get this one. I'll, I'll go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something in there for everybody. Somebody actually uh, – Somebody actually just wood turning in there the other day. Did what? Wood turning, where they took a block of wood and they turned it into a painting. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those freeform. <laughs> it's not one of those. I've been on some groups where they're so hardcore nerd, and I'm like, all you guys do is post fucking verses. That's all you do. That's not even like really then, saying anything. It's just like this guy versus this guy. Which one's hotter? Or I was like, what? No. Look, this. I got just one matchup: Superman versus Goku. One last time. Just roll, <laughs> roll. For all the chips and <laughs> all right uh, you want to send us out before we go guys thank you so much for staying in listening with us tonight um i've had fun did you have fun as well too i did i i think doing the freeform episodes is the best way to go uh, about the show because uh sometimes they can you can get stuck on doing every single detail like we did that with infinity gauntlet that kind of makes sense because yeah. there's so much to get into but then sometimes we're like, well, let's let's stretch this one out. We're only at twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, but I, I, I do enjoy it like this. I mean, it, it's it's a lot more fun. Uh, I enjoy doing this every chance that I get. All right, I don't know what our next episode will be. Um, kind of like I can't believe how overloaded I've been able to get all of the comics on Infinite Earths episodes done. Like when I plan on getting them done, so I have like eight backlogged. Um, so <laughs> and I'm ignoring back in tunes. So eek. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe we'll do an animated one next, something like that, because um, I'm Ooh. overloaded on one and really deficient on the other. What should? Oh, okay, all right, all right. I think I, I think <laughs> we'll think of something, everybody. I think I think I might have something. We'll see. I'm not wow. gonna say it here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, have a good night. Good night, guys. I don't know what I'm playing. I thought it was something else. Awkward! <laughs> there we go.